to the Exploding Heads Horror Movie Podcast, episode number 69, dude. <laughs> I'm Dave Z, and I got a couple guys over here with me. Hey, everybody, it's Brandon. How are you? <laughs> I was just waiting for the mic noise to stop. And I'm Christian, everybody. How's it going out there? Oh, was my mic making noise? <laughs> you were, like, poking it or something. <laughs> I was poking it when I said 69. Yeah. Yes, I was. <laughs> You're like 69 in the mic. Yeah. (laughs) And that's the only 69 joke we're going to make tonight. You're coming in too hot. (laughs) (laughs) Too hot. Too hot. Uh, Did I sing that last show? I apologize if I did. I don't think you did sing that one last show. Oh, okay. Got to run for shelter. Got to run for shade. It may have been been a song-free episode. I can't even. I'm editing it as we speak. (laughs) I'm actually editing the show while we're doing this one. (laughs) There's no way this is a song-free episode, considering one of the movies we're talking about and, and one of the songs in it. Oh, no. I got to tell you. But oh, let's get to that no. when we get to it. What? I was just making fun of you. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Is that what I said? <laughs> nice. So tonight we're going to talk about uh, an unusual combination of films. We are talking about it's year of the franchise, so we're doing the Creepshow franchise. However. <laughs> How, however. Guess what? <laughs> this is what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Creepshow. We're going to talk about Creepshow 2. And we're going to talk about Hereditary. Which I know people that are looking at this before they listen already are aware of that. But, you know, obviously we've decided. Actually, we didn't even decide. I don't even think we discussed even the, the possibility of doing Creepshow 3 at any point, have we? Absolutely I thought about not. I thought about bringing it up, but you know what? I've seen it years ago. I don't remember a thing about it. It's got like a 3.1 on the B, and I'm just like, you know what? Why? And we're going to do it our way. This is how we do it, just like we didn't do Return of the Living Dead 4, Return of the Living Dead 5. They don't exist to us. We we didn't do Vince Vaughn's Psycho, Marco. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shh. Don't stop it. Remember, he he can pick a triple R. I I love Marco. I felt so bad when he was so excited when he heard Psycho was coming up next. And he's like, oh, Vince Vaughn for life. It's like, I felt so bad. Oh, you really think that? uh... I don't think he, I think he knew. I don't know if he knew. I told him. Well, then he knew. (laughs) Now he knows. (laughs) <laughs> I don't think he knew when he made the post. Like, yeah. And, and we are doing another film called Slashers as well. But what I want a lot of people to know, they're probably going Creepshow 1 and 2 and Hereditary. And they probably don't realize that Hereditary started its life as Creepshow 3. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's true. I just wanted to oh, sound so sincere there. And people are like, what? Really? I don't no, think anybody Char- believed me for Charlie, Charlie from Hereditary, her last name is Varel. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit okay has anybody seen creep show three i've seen it I, I i actually i burned it well i, I should have burned it by fire but i <laughs> <laughs> what i did was i rented it when it first dropped from our red box came home and burned it and said i'll watch it one day and i did watch it one day shortly after that and it was fucking horrible it is now, horrible it is horrible I remember yeah, I saw, a bad I cartoon saw. at the beginning. I think I made it through the bad cartoon into the first episode and pretty much or first segment and then pretty much turned it off. Yeah, yeah I, saw, I saw it once and I don't even remember it. That's how bad it must have been. It, it, you know, you know what it is? It's that company, Taurus Entertainment. They're, the, that's the production company. And Did you say Tortoise? Tortoise. Yeah, it should have been fucking Tortoise. No, Taurus, like the bull. Oh, OK. Taurus Entertainment. 
they they're the same people that put out those dawn pardon me those day of the dead films the um that contagium and their bloodlines that came yeah. out these people all of their budget basically goes into buying a title from somebody and then they pay everybody else fucking nothing i i, I can't imagine they would because the production value is horrible the acting is bad i mean it terrible i mean i haven't watched those those day of the dead movies but i watched this and it's enough to know just because they they went out and spent the money uh, on this title doesn't mean we should give them the respect of including it in the franchise. I'm sorry. Nah, the, the Creepshow franchise is one and two, and I thought it would be fun to rank our segments, the oh, eight yeah. segments at the end, because yeah. I, I think we're going to all be drastically different. Drastic? I forgot about, I forgot about that part. <laughs> I really do. It's easy. You can do it. I easy really C. do. It's like a new rapper. Easy C. <laughs> Yo, I'm Easy C. I'm here with B and D. We're gonna do Creep Show One, Two, not Three, not Three. <laughs> Boom! That's good. <laughs> so yeah, you know what? I'm gonna say one quick thing about, and then we won't talk about that piece of shit anymore. A lot of people think that Tales from the Dark Side was is the is, is Creep Show Three. Like it was gonna be. Creep show three, and then they said it's Tales from the Dark Side. Have you guys heard that story before? Yeah, we, well, talk, they, we told it on the show. Yeah, and didn't they use one of the stories that they were going to use for Creepshow 2 and Tales from the Dark Side? This is true, but it's misinformation that people think is fact. This is the story. Because I'm such a Creepshow head, I, I know this stuff. <laughs> Since you're such a creep head. <laughs> and a creep head, yes. Uh, and a creep. All of that. All of the above. But this is the deal. 1983, 1982, 82-83, the, the same time era. Um, when Creepshow came out, that's when Tales from the Dark Side, the television show, came out. And if you notice, they are both helmed by George Romero. So they were kind of hand in hand. Thank goodness they didn't call Tales from the Dark Side Creepshow because the production value is completely different. It, it was low-grade television stuff. The show wasn't bad. I'm just saying to compare that to Creepshow is just you know laughable to me. But they came out at the same time. Then Creepshow 2 came out. The Cat from Hell, which appeared on Tales from the Dark Side later was supposed to be in Creepshow 2. It, Stephen King wrote it, and initially it was going to be shot and included. But because of budget, they decided not to do it. They just went with three stories. Because, you know, Creepshow, the original, is two hours long. Creepshow 2 is an hour and a half. So apparently it, it was a budgetary decision, and they did not. They decided not to do the, uh, the Cat from Hell. And there was something else about bowling, uh, bowling alley, some crazy shit. Yeah, was, I remember yeah, reading about that. that. Yeah. yeah. That was also supposed to be in Creep Show too, so it was supposed to be Five Tales, like the original. And that Didn't became happen. Gutter Balls. <laughs> no. Now, now you're well. I, I can't say, but <laughs> see, now you're giving Gutter Balls too much credit. But I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Gutter Balls, motherfucker! What a fucking movie that is. How many fucking times did they say fucking that fucking movie? Oh, you don't have to fucking tell me how many fucking times they say fuck. I fucking hate that fucking film. <laughs> Good God! They gotta tone down the Fs. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> it's like our sleepaway um, camp retrospective. Oh boy, huh? Ooh, off the hook. You know? <laughs> but anyway, Creep Show. So what happened was this: Creep Show three was slated to come out. They at the Cannes Film Festival. There was even our promotional sheet, and it had you know when 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 production companies and whoever goes to Cannes, they're, they're promoting their their films. On that sheet was Creep Show three. And Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, at the same time. There was plans to do both of them. Ultimately, Creepshow 3 did not happen. 
Tales from the Dark Side, the movie, of course, did. The cat from hell went into Tales from the Dark Side. Romero was involved. King wrote that. So, therefore, people think that that was supposed to be Creepshow 3. And it's not true. So, I'm just putting it out there to, uh, to you know, to kill a myth. Because Tom Savini kind of started that a few years ago. And he said that the real Creepshow 3 is Tales from the Dark Side. But, you know, it's really not. I wish there was a Creepshow 3, but I guess Taurus Entertainment owns the rights. Hey, Tom. Well, Tom, stick to being like an asshole to fans at all the experts. <laughs> <laughs> it's very mixed reviews with him, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Every, some people either love him or fucking despise him. I guess you catch him on a bad day. Admittedly, I when, when I saw him again, I go back to 1991 when I actually spent time with him when he didn't have to line up anywhere, and he was fan-fucking-tastic. But that's because you haven't been to a 500 of them, and you're not waiting. In, like, I don't think I would love having a lineup of people. Yeah, at first, it'd be great. Hey, there's a lineup of people to see me. Yeah. But after like 10, 20 expos, you'd be like, okay, how many times can I tell the same fucking story over and over again? It's the same guys doing the <laughs> same shows year in, year out, because they, they, they're probably making more money doing this than they ever did working in film. Well, that's the other yeah. thing. I couldn't even imagine charging for my autograph in a picture. I, that's how they make money, but I just can't Ro- fathom has got to be making more money at 80 to $100 an autograph. Than he's ever made playing Freddy. <laughs> You're probably right, man. <laughs> I guess power to him if people want to pay that. I just yeah. I just can't believe it. Yeah, no, the prices have gotten crazy. Well, did you just say, see, that you couldn't imagine doing that? If you if you were in the position, would you? If if, if we make this movie, if we ever get off our ass and we have free the time, autographs from me, yeah, and we <laughs> free autographs, okay. So Lloyd, Lloyd Kaufman, Lloyd Kaufman, and uh, what's his name? Adam Green, free do free autographs. This, this is what it's. You get my autograph for free. The movie's a hundred bucks. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I gotta make it yeah. first. You got no product to sell. <laughs> right. Yeah. Of course. We'll get there. We'll get there. I'm just hoping we'll be famous someday. Hey, I don't want to be famous. I just want to be rich. Fuck fame. But that's you know. Yeah, I'll take rich any day. Yeah, fuck fame. I don't. I don't even want to leave the house barely. Fuck, forget about famous. You know, <laughs> just give me the money. There is I something I want to say. I think I'd be a prick, a famous prick. Wait, a prick if I was famous. You're a prick now. Yeah, yeah. So imagine fame. <laughs> a famous prick, huh? like John Holmes. Yeah. <laughs> Only uh, half the size. <laughs> oh boy, here awesome. we go. On the subject of Creepshow, I want to stick to this because this is something that people don't know about. It did not end with Creepshow 3. Taurus Entertainment actually was going to start a web series. In 2009, they actually put one out right before Halloween. I think it was the 30th or something. They put out a show, the debut episode of Creepshow Raw. And it was it was on IGN website, you know, the video game website. And oh, yeah. really? uh, believe it or not... It was directed by, uh, what's his name? The guy that plays Fez on that 70s show, Wilder Valorama. The... But here's the funny part. It's good. It was a good episode. Much better than anything that was in Creepshow 3, which isn't hard to do, but still. That, that's a good idea. It, it was a great idea. I don't know what happened because it was good. You can find this. Just Google it. You can watch it. I, I've seen it, and it was surprising. I, I, I thought it was going to be awful. Surprisingly, it was good. I was like, wow. They even went for the old vibe of the first creep show with the comic book stuff. Uh, with whatever money they spent on it, it was used wisely. And it's the same company, which is so surprising, but they did good in the web series format. Now, creep show is supposedly coming to Shudder. You guys know, obviously, you guys know this. I'm not telling you anything new. So 
it is coming back. It's unfortunately it's not the movies, and my hopes aren't that high because it's not well, rest of the soul. It's not Romero, obviously. It, it, I don't think it has anything to do with Stephen King. I know Nicotero is involved, and that's really all I know. I'm not going to front. I don't know. We'll we'll see. Wait, it, is Stephen King going to be involved? I I don't know. Maybe. Because I mean that could still give it the essence of creep show, considering he you know wrote the creep shows. Well, I, absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, you could you could just use different directors, kind of like yeah. Masters of Horror, and I think that would be a, a smashing success. A smashing success. <laughs> smashing. See? See, only a prick would say that. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So yeah, keep your eyes peeled, folks. Bottom line is, we're not doing Creep Show Three. We're doing quite the opposite when we talk about Hereditary. Doesn't doesn't fit the vein of Creep Show whatsoever but it is a patreon pick that somebody rafael gardo if i'm not mistaken wanted us to see and we promised him as soon as it became available we would watch it and review it so this is the only time as long as i'm on that subject let's get into it after this show we're balls deep deep balls deep deep balls deep in big franchises for Basically, the remainder of the year. Actually, anything you hear from us in October, November is going to be major franchise stuff, long shows, marathons. It, it, you know, we, we're not going to have time to do anything else as far as, you know, triple R's or anything involving Patreon. People that are in Patreon hopefully got the notification we put up shortly, you know, a little bit before August. Pardon yeah. me, a little don't, bit before don't, September. Don't pull your funds, though. Just Just leave the funds in there. they have everybody's been pretty cool so it's okay but we had to give them a heads up hey listen we're doing nothing except these franchises until december where we're gonna the first week of december or whatever where it'll be our third year anniversary show and it's just gonna be fun stuff with a couple i think there's a triple r that's owed and if so we'll do it then but we're gonna have fun and the next show after that is christmas show then after, after that is the end of the year and then that's it. That's a wrap. Yeah, and we even pushed back one of our big idea shows for this year to next year, which is the Is It Horror episode. Right. It was just too much. Yeah. yeah. And honestly, I'm glad we did that. I think it'll be great to start off the new year with something like that. Hey, maybe that could be the whole year. Maybe that's our theme next year. Is it that's, horror? Huh? Wow. Is it horror? Not a, not a bad idea. We Tackle, just, you know, one or two movies each episode. We turn that and do triple R's throughout the whole year. It doesn't have to necessarily be 2019 films, although, of course, we can incorporate that. It could just be, you know, what we've watched uh, in that time frame. But the year is dedicated to Is It Horror? We'll finalize that off air. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's a good one. I like that because every show we can go back to the old format, have some fun, do two, new, two movies, one new and one older. Is it horror movie? I don't know. Wow, yeah, some trips. <laughs> Indeed. Look That's at why that. you keep me around. Fuck yeah. Oh yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Shit. Patreon.com slash exploding heads. That's what it is. We'll be on there. There's gonna there's still gonna be stuff on there. We're just, you know, unfortunately we're unable to fulfill any obligations as far as watching and reviewing certain movies until the first week of December and then after that, not until we come back next season. I'm, I'm sure you guys want that anyway. You're going to enjoy the shows, we hope, the franchise shows, and we're going to have fun doing what we want to do. So, Here's the, an email we have from Scott Allen. Hi, guys. Just recently discovered your podcast on a recommendation from a friend. I love it. I've only seen three art general-related films, Suspiria, Inferno, and Demons, particularly with the first two. I don't know if this will make sense to anyone else, 
But while watching those two, I felt as if he made both films just for me and or as if I was the only person who had watched them. I felt isolated and alone, a feeling that went beyond the fact that I watched them alone. It greatly added to the creepiness. Both movies are great, and a movie has never made me feel that way before. Just putting my thoughts out there, all good if you don't include my email on air. Well, uh, <laughs> we'll cut that out. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you for the email. And those are uh, two good examples. I think I, I could agree. I think Almost. Argento films in general are like that. Absolutely. They, they really isolate the viewer. I, I totally understand that. Well, I would say, like, when Tenebrae, not so much. But I, I, I love it. I'm just saying I don't get that same feeling. I think he, the two of the examples that he, he picked, I'd be interested in, in what he had to say about opera. Because, again, I don't know if that necessarily isolates you. I'd be interested in seeing his thoughts on that and if he goes back to check out some of his earlier works as well. I agree on the fact that I don't think a giallo will necessarily give you that that same feeling. Like Suspiria, obviously, it's a special movie to me. So I, I feel what he's saying there, and obviously many other people. Inferno, because of how artsy it is, I, I could see being sucked into that as well. I think yeah. that, I'm, I'm glad he shared that with us. But since I, you I mentioned, I find that with Argento in general, I find that with uh, Fulci films, the Gates of Hell trilogy. I don't know. I, I, I get it. I, I could see it isolating more people than not. It's a good feeling, right? It's not a bad. Oh, feeling. it's an, oh, it's an excellent feeling. Right. It, hey, it's cool. It makes it enough. more terrifying. I'll yeah, say we're... that one of the movies tonight made me feel like that. So yes, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think it Creepshow made too. everyone. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, the raft. Hey. I felt like I was right on the raft hey. with him. Hey, hey, D hey, Dave. Thanks for the ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But since you mentioned opera, this is what he says at the end of the email. My next our general film will be opera, based on what I've heard about it from you all. Then he sums it up. Keep up the amazing work, fellas, you fucking skunks. <laughs> Scott love Allen. Love nice. It. Great. Thank you, Scott. Yes. Skunks, man. I love it. He knows us. Yeah, right. <laughs> he's, 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 he's balls deep into the show. Yeah. Perfect. Yep. And balls deep is apparently going to be my phrase tonight. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. There's always a phrase that seems to be a running theme of each episode as well. But uh, yeah, opera, as you well know, we all came in really high on that, uh, even with the yep. Manicarino ending. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Manicarino ending. That's right. <laughs> awesome. Well, Scott, after you watch opera, send us another email. Well, we welcome them. That's for damn sure. Very cool. Now, new Patreon, new, new patron. I'm going to try, try not to butcher the name. Dan Strohshine. I believe that's how it's pronounced. So. Thank you. Thank you for joining. Thanks. Dan. And thank you. Dan. Sorry, guys. Yes. Again, speaking of Patreon, we do have to get into a Derek B. Triple R Patreon choice. We may as well kick it off with that. This is the movie, yeah. right? It's what's it called again? Um, Slashers. Slashers. Yeah. Derek actually did something interesting this time, which I thought was cool. He picked four movies and he put a poll up in our group and let the group decide from the four movies. And Slashers from 2001 was the winner. Nice. See, guys, another reason to be in the Facebook group page. Go on Facebook. I don't care if you just make up a, a fake name like I did, Dave Z, Z-E-E, -E, and you just go on there just to get involved in the group page because, you know, it's fun yeah. in there. And you can, if, you're, if you're a listener of the show, if you're really into what we're doing here, get on there and you can get involved in voting and all the other 
ridiculous shit we do there and cool shit. It'll get be- on it. Mike, balls deep. Balls okay. deep. Let's get into <laughs> it. All right, let's do it. Slashers from 2001, written and directed by Maurice Devereaux, a black comedy horror film in which six random contestants are put into a game show where they'll face evil clowns, evisceration happy doctors, and wild maniacs. The winner has to survive the terror by being resourceful. I got to tell you, the first time I ever watched this, it's (laughs) a hard movie to review because there's not much to it, but I thought it was kind of ahead of its time. It is ahead of its time because it's 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 early two thousands. It's yeah. poking it's poking fun not only at the reality television, specifically the Japanese reality shows. If you've ever seen any clips of them, I don't know what the hell's going on in those, but they're crazy. But also, you know, poking fun at humanity's obsession with violence in television. If the acting was a little bit more grounded, I think we would have a special movie here. I mean, yeah. it's literally you are watching the reality TV shows. So you right yes. away you know it's going to be video production, but it it works because it's set up as you're just you're thrown right into the show. It's like you just turn on an episode of Slashers, but we're watching the unedited feed. So you're watching the the TV feed instead of it cutting a commercial or actually seeing what would happen when they make the actors freeze during commercial breaks, which I thought was actually kind of clever as well. Yeah, that was. That was that was that was a cool little uh However, little the acting is fucking wretched. <laughs> it's some wretched. of the worst act it's some of the worst acting I think I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> I really don't I really don't think I've seen much worse. I mean it's terrible, but it's got a it the movie does have a charm to it. I had a lot of fun watching it. Um, it's way too long for its own good. It is a little on the long side. It could have been 10, 15 minutes shorter. Absolutely. I, it is Canadian, too, and I'm almost embarrassed to say it. But but there is, like you said, there's a little bit of charm here. Will I ever watch it again? As soon as it finished, I'm like, would I ever watch this again? And the answer is no. But did I enjoy what I watched? Most hey. of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'll sum it up right now. If this movie wasn't gory, you wouldn't even care to watch it. Absolutely. You're right. The gore is the saving grace of the film. Yeah, and I, I think right. that's the intention of the film to be to be a you know a gore film, and I love it for that. Yeah, I'm absolutely. not saying I love the film, but I, I love that aspect of the film. Well, and this again, guys, this is before Saw and everything else, where where gore became more mainstream and, and accessible within a theatrical realm. And here we had a direct-to-video. I'm assuming, uh, flick. Yeah. I, I'm making a lot of assumptions there with that part, but uh, it would it actually would only work on the small screen, I think, and it's really gory and. Some of the gore effects, they really do deliver. Like they, some of them are a little chintzy, but most of them really actually work. I love the fact that they will try to work within the fact that the camera's running without cutting or they'll hide the cut. And so it really is the Tom Savini method is it becomes a magic trick. So where the real actors or actor gets, um, you know, switched out for the, the rubber version of them or whatever it may be so that. Uh, a spike can go through their head and then gore blood will flow and f- pour out of their body. <laughs> uh, really well done. And, and Dave, you nailed it. If, if they didn't have that, or if you saw some sort of edited version of this, right. You would not want to. And I do think it's clever about the commercial thing, but my major complaint isn't even the acting because in a film like this, I'm a little bit more forgiving because it's reality based, so to speak. So I can see it being, I don't know. It isn't like going to watch a film like hereditary and seeing bad acting. 
You know what I mean? If I see a film like this and there's bad acting in it, I'm a little bit more forgiving. So, yes, it is bad acting, but that's not my biggest complaint. My biggest complaint is the beginning. The way it starts is really cool. And we meet that that little sweetheart, Miho, and you have all the, the, the Asian game show, and you have all that stuff, and the, all that stuff, the introduction of the characters and all the TV format stuff going. And as soon as they get inside, they completely abandon the TV format. I think they dropped the ball in that, in that aspect. I think that they could have done things with, with commercials and with checking in with them and talking to them maybe. they, You know what I mean? You guys get what I, I totally get what you're saying. They kind of stuck with the one cameraman who became a character himself and and didn't really go back to Miho or, or really outside of the game itself. I think you're, you, you've nailed it. I think actually if they did that, that would have probably helped with the pacing of the movie. They could have had multiple camera people and they could have actually made it work better. Yeah. I think the single I, I, camera I works that. against the movie. So I agree, Dave. I think yeah. they could have played and actually showed us commercials and made those fun commercials to watch too. Yeah. yeah. Especially, especially since, I mean, I like the characters. They did it where it's a special episode where it's American actors for the first time and they're competing for like $12 million. And even, and they did, they did a good job with giving each one sort of like a backstory as to why they're there. But they could have focused less on on the conversations of that because the acting was so poor. Like, I didn't care that Megan's a political martyr or that, you know, Rebecca has MS or, you know, this one, we form a military, you know, whatever. Like, yeah, they could have done – They could. It, it was – it didn't come off – they were trying to play it serious there. But because the acting was so bad, it came off goofy. So I, I agree, Dave, that if they had focused more on, on the commercials and keeping it like – like they did at the beginning where it just opens up with that commercial with that big slaughter and keep it more fun and goofy like that and over the top. You know what? In fact, it needed that Dave, because I think it shows its cards all within the first 10, 15 minutes of the movie. So yeah, that nothing changes after that point. Once you get the setup, the goofiness of the, the, of the game show setup, and then they get in there, as you said, they abandon that. So that's the movie. Now we're in there. And other than it cutting to a different spirit, Halloween, uh, cardboard cutout set, then that's it. You just go down like, you know, hallway number one versus open gymnasium two. And, and that's all it does. It just switches back and forth. There's literally two sets here and they spend like 10 minutes in each hallway. It looked like yeah. a haunt. It looked like a Halloween That's haunt. what I meant. Like the Halloween, the spirit Halloween haunt. Yeah. <laughs> it really did. And the thing, they could have even ripped off movies and I would not have cared. Even if they would have gone back and had people betting on who was going to, how long they were going to last. And yes, we've seen it before. And it would kind of be aping like the running man and shit like yeah, that. Yeah, low budget who cares? running man. That's what I was thinking. But who cares? Why wouldn't, I think that would be better. It would break up the monotony. You just want Dynamo to sing in Slashers. <laughs> <laughs> And you want to play that character. I think imagine that they go to Dracula's castle or, or, or whatnot. Instead of it just being a hallway, it's like all decked out. And, and then it could go into like a totally different, it's almost like they go into a different sort of subgenres of horror, but you're right. It's just dresses like a Halloween haunt. So the concept is really good, but the execution is poor, but the, you know, who knows what the, I don't know what the budget was for this, but I'm sure it wasn't big enough to, to be that ambitious. 135,000 American. It seems yeah, that doesn't seem big enough to be as ambitious as as your idea. It's still, that's considered still very ultra low budget, but yeah, very. You know what? Very Canadian, and um, it's weird because when can you recall seeing a, a Canadian film that um, was trying to pass itself off as an Asian anything? 
Because <laughs> no, I no, that's why. How can you say very Canadian? I I actually was shocked that this was Canadian when I when I looked it up. I'm like, oh my god, this is made in Canada, you know fully what? Quebec. <laughs> I shouldn't have said very Canadian. Uh, what I what I meant to imply was that I could tell that the actors were Canadian just because of where I live and my interactions with Canadians. It didn't take long. I was actually happy because they shouted out Buffalo. One of the characters was from Buffalo. I'm like, yeah, nice, you know? So then they go on. It didn't take long before I heard one of the characters say sorry. And as soon as I, you know, see, because of where I live, that I'm, I'm privy, I can pick up on Canadian accents immediately, just the way you can pick up on people from Buffalo probably immediately. It's just, it's the way it is. We talk a little bit different. For me, I, I, I heard a few things like, where I, okay, these are Canadian actors. And then I looked it up, and sure enough, all the that's slashers. All. So the three monsters that are, are are hunting these these contestants down, they're actually great. They are. Their mel- yeah. their overdramatic acting works because they're kind of in character. So I thought they were fantastic. It's just that like that main girl, um, Megan uh, Megan Laurie, I think uh, she Rebecca. She, she's um no i think it, uh, it's her name's megan she okay. like she's got a scowl on her face that just like from from right from the get-go you're just like you're you're overacting out of the gate yeah i'm not an actor and i wouldn't be like oh, oh. Two, two of the villains were played by the same actor well that would help them too i didn't even yeah know. really yeah two of the vil- two of the villains were you know i think uh the preacher man and chainsaw charlie were played by the same actor Oh, wow. Dr. Ripper was his own thing. Dr. Ripper was a very creepy, rapey, give me a very rapey vibe. Well, yeah, you wanted the girls undressed every yeah, second. Yeah, every, every time he gets to a girl, he's just taking their shirt off, and that's it. It is creepy. It was, I know we always talk about, hey, back in the day, it was really kind of nice when, you know, you know, the girls would get naked. Be, but this was creepy. Like, you're like kind of like, uh, I don't know if I want, like, it wasn't enjoyable. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. There was no no payoff, and it wasn't done uh, with any comedy. It was no. just yeah, it was just creepy. You're right. It, that is how it played out. And my one thing, my one complaint, not complaint. My, it's just a funny observation. I kept thinking of freaking when Chainsaw Charlie was speaking. I kept thinking of Mr. Hanky from South Park. <laughs> Howdy how? Yeah. That's what yeah. he sounded like. He put it on a little bit too thick. <laughs> Howdy ho, cow! You smell an awful lot like flowers, you know. <laughs> but that was that was really clever that you saw that he had the uh, the zapping device on him too, so he had to cooperate with the game show the way the contestants did. I thought that was a you know a cool little thing that they were kind of just doing their jobs also. Yeah. I mean yeah. the do- doctor, uh, whatever, whatever. Doctor Ripper. Doctor Ripper was insane, but but uh, <laughs> Chainsaw Charlie seemed to like almost just be doing it for for money he even mentions i have a family and i'm yeah like i said there is some interesting stuff here i hate i know there's a lot of people that don't like when people say oh it's it's too long for its own good but the reason i say that is because i there's certain movies that just overstay their welcome this happens to be one of them where because it's kind of the same thing drawn out they either needed to do what we already said dave and not to be repetitious but what you you brought up earlier which is cutting back to the outside world and whether it be betting or whether it be contestants in the audience that had all the signage talking about why they love their certain favorite slasher or whatever it may be, then cut into a couple of wacky toilet commercials that they seem to love in Japan or whatever. Just something <laughs> to cut away from it all, but keep the goofiness alive to break it up because then it doesn't seem so monotonous and yeah. get, that's, that's it. At the end of the day, that would have done could- 
they could have thrown those faux cigarette ads at the end that they had into the commercials. Right. Because those were, I love those. Those were great. They could have had those th- spread throughout the movie along with, you know, what you said, interviews with fans and with maybe previous contestants or whatever. It really could have improved the film because the the acting you're not going to save. So anybody anyone can say cast better actors. That that that's all well and good, but if you would have had good commercials peppered in and a more game show type atmosphere, this movie could have been what I would say a really good movie. Unfortunately, yeah. I don't think it's a really good movie. It, it's a decent movie with really good gore. Yeah, it's a fun tricks. low budget gore film. It's it has cool. Film, yeah. It's got cool kills. You know, cut in yeah. half, decapitations, oh. throat slits, and they're awesome. And it's got some some goofiness to it. And it's got a a cool little twist that you can see coming. But I I enjoyed it. You know, among the contestants. You know, because once uh all the killers are gone, then the contestants start to turn on each other, which is an interesting little commentary in itself. Not not to be taken too seriously in a movie like this, but but it it, it was. It was fun, but it elevates it. Really, it. I think it does. It give does. It, it just gives it a little boost. And this director, I don't think we've seen the end of of, of what they could do because they did End of the Line next. End of the Line and End oh. of the Line is fantastic. That's a great yeah. film. So, like, I mean, he's yeah. done four movies, like Slashers being his third, and an End of the Line, and then nothing since. Yeah, which is shocking because End of the Line is such a underrated film. Matter of fact, we 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 covered it on ABC's A Hidden Horror on our E episode. So. If you guys want to know about End of the Line, there's a plug. Go check it out. <laughs> right here on the Horror Fee Network. <laughs> okay, <laughs> but but I have to give I have to give Brian props because I never had I never have seen that movie had seen that movie or even heard of it until he brought it to the table on that show. So that, damn, that that's a good flick into the line, and it's hard to believe. No, I shouldn't say it's hard to believe. I mean, if you have a bigger budget and, and better actors, you're gonna do. Yeah, that. now yeah. you can see, you can see the effort in this film, and that's I think why I like it more than what it is i'm a stickler for the, like the acting might actually make it for certain people if you're looking for a party movie to throw on you're drinking some beers and you're watching it and you're just you know like doing the tgaf 13 running commentary with it then you don't want better acting then this movie is for you enjoy i i think it actually lowers it at least one whole point just at how bad it is and it's but one thing i'll say is it's consistently bad so it's not like things change. It's it's bad, and it, it just stays that level for the whole time, <laughs> from the acting standpoint. Yeah, I guess consistency is one. Yep, thing. <laughs> absolutely. But yeah, good kills. That's the bottom line. That chainsaw trick on, on that one girl was, was amazing. I, I you yeah. know, I'm a whorehound, and, and I respected it. The decapitation, I think, even capped that. Yeah, that's true too. Man. I like what, I like when he wears the head on his uh on his belt loop at the end. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that Devin kill. Is that that guy Devin, at the end? Man. Yeah. That was that was great too. Good stuff. That was, that was kind of sad. I was cheering yeah. for uh, Devin. Were you? Devin was a good guy. He's yeah. a mili- He was a military guy. Yeah. Okay. That was the guy. <laughs> huh? I thought it was. The other I was. Guy. I was on board. I was on board. It was. It was fun. Like you see, I'll probably never watch it again. I, I shouldn't say never, but I'm not in a hurry to watch it again. But it was. It was a lot of fun. I could see the effort being put into it. So that made made me appreciate it more and probably made my rating a little bit higher than what it should be. Yeah, I mean, I I won't fail the movie by any means because, again, you have to kind of base it on what it set out to do. Mm -hmm. And the the wacky Japanese setting, the uh, over-the-top gore, and the... I, I guess the play on that whole reality TV thing, like we said, I I think that elevates 
the film. It, it definitely yeah. passes the film. It, it's not a classic. Uh, you you know what you're getting yourself into. It's a hard to recommend movie because of the style of movie it is. So if you're looking for gore, you know the acting's going to be crap. Enjoy. This movie is for you. Yep. I agree and, with uh, everything you said. Yep. I'll tell you right now. I, I am at a, a 6.25. I went with the 0.25 because of the enjoyment factor. A lot of times I see a movie, I'm like, yeah, that wasn't bad. The gore, good enough. I'll give it a six. But because of a little bit of the fun, I put in that extra quarter. So there you uh, have it. That, that's interesting because I'm actually a little bit lower than that. I'm right at a six. But I feel like because of the effort that they made, the attempt they made to, to actually tell a story and, and have underlying themes and stuff was, was well done. You know, it's just the acting hurt it and, and the low budget and the sets and stuff like that. But the gore is great and it's it's worth checking out. Six out of ten. I, I was at a 5.75, but I think I'm going to boost that up to a six as well. Uh, and just for all the reasons we just discussed. Nice. How about that? You know, here's what's funny. When we did the last movie, uh, the last one Derek picked for us, the Triple R, Cold Sweat, I gave that a six. And the reason I gave this the, the .25 is because... I enjoyed this more. <laughs> that, that's oh, wow. all. Interesting. Well, well, the thing. Remember what I said on that show. I had. Yeah, to watch you wanted cold. to watch Saw. You wanted to watch Saw the whole time. <laughs> yes, and I want to watch Cold Sweat again. This one I don't necessarily want to watch again. So I think there's more that meets the eye. But the thing is, I had a better, a little bit better experience with this because because I'm a gorehound. Well, yeah, so it's funny. Honestly. Cold Sweat is on Shutter, so I just watched it again on Shutter. <laughs> Just after oh. we had already reviewed it. So anyway, that's right. Slashers, everybody. <laughs> that is Slashers. So I guess we'll get into a creep show time. Should we take a quick break and then do our... Yeah. All right, creep show on the flips. See you guys in a minute. All right, we're back. Time for creep show. Woo! <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Thank you. And I am pretty excited. Gotta tell you. Right, let's, jump right, let's jump right into it. Yeah, Creep Show from 1982, directed by George Romero, written by Stephen King, an anthology which tells five terrifying tales based on the EC horror comic books of the 1950s. Now, Dave, yep. you mentioned that you had a song stuck in your head, right? It's not uh, from something that tied you over where uh, he's singing, I'm crazy about Harry. I'm just wild about Harry. I'm wild about Harry. <laughs> No, but, I mean, I'll tell you, I'll play it just for fun since you asked. Yeah, I want to know. <laughs> you know that song? Yeah, I knew it was going to be that. You knew it was going to be that? It had to be. What else? What other song could it be? Don't let go, don't let go, don't let go. Do you do the Ed Harris dance? Yes. Yes. <laughs> that fucking dance. Uh, I'll tell you what, that scene is the most overlooked scene in horror because it is every bit as good as the Crispin Glover dance and nobody talks about the Ed Harris dance. It's better. In fact, Ed Harris, I don't even think likes to talk about the Ed Harris dance because I'll tell you what, I watched uh, Just Desserts for the first time and man, I sometimes love watching the documentaries about the making of the film more than the films themselves, but it raised my enjoyment of Creepshow even more than I already did enjoy Creepshow, which is pretty hard to do because I, I, I've always loved this film. And I'm, I'm hoping that you guys really looked at it, you know, with, with, with the critical eye. And I don't know, like you guys already obviously know. I, how I, I think I did. I mean, even with the critical eye, because we did do this on postmortem when I was on that show. 
for a bit, and I came in at a solid ten out of ten. Spoiler. Yes. And I sh and so, but I, I I said you know what I'm going to come in. I'm going to watch this fresh. I'm going to try to erase his nostalgia. You know, it's easier said than done. And I'm just going to watch it and, and, and go segment by segment and then do my overall rating. So how can you how can you even not enjoy it from the opening shot? Just you get Tommy motherfucking Atkins right from the very beginning, slapping the shit out of Billy. Oh, I mean, I right then and there. I'm like, I'm on board. Tommy Atkins is slapping the shit out of kids. I'm on board. The first second of the film, it opens. The first thing you hear is this, this amazing soundtrack, which is so, so overlooked by John Harrison. This movie, the, the soundtrack makes this film as much as Halloween and Friday the 13th make that film. That's how high I am on the way the sound is used in this movie. It, it's so good, but as soon as it starts, you hear that boom, boom, and then you see that, <laughs> that jack-o'-lantern in the window. And That's they great. Go, right into it so you get you get a little halloween vibe you yeah get right in that you get into that scene uh, okay now i'm gonna make a little joke here do you guys know what the hell stephen king's uh little boy uh joe hill actually mm -hmm. is saying in this one scene tell me what this kid says i have figured it out since but for years it bothered me listen what it wasn't like that. You sent me to get your cufflinks. Okay. On Sunday. <laughs> you sent me to get your cufflinks on yeah. Sunday. But yeah, you are, and that's, you how, that's how he found his porno stash. He went into the drawer to get his cufflinks and found Dad's porno stash. Yes, he did. Yeah, I know that. But all these years, you knew what that kid said in that scene? Uh, No, probably not. But I, I don't know why I noticed it this time, and I was paying attention because I always thought it was said very weird. But no, I can't claim to have known before this. But it's been a while since I've watched Creep Show. What about you, C? Did you know what he said? Actually, I thought he said, I'm number Bates! <laughs> <laughs> I was way off. You know what? You know what, Christian? I think it's time for you to tuck in. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, for real though, Christian, all these years, did you know what he was saying? No, I had no clue whatsoever. Right? <laughs> yeah. I bet, it, I bet his friend did, the one who knew Roy was the killer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's Brent. <laughs> oh, shit. Because that's always bothered me. And I, I played it to my wife. I said, what does he say? And she says, I forgot what she said. It was something funny, but it was completely not that at all. I think she said, oh, man, I'll text her. Maybe by the end of the show, I'll tell you. But <laughs> it's always bothered me. But, of course, I use the, uh, I use the subtitles. Yeah, yeah. I think from a technical <laughs> standpoint, just – you, you, you'd probably o not overlook it, but take it for granted how awesome not only the comic panels are, but the switching oh. between cartoons and, and live action. It's just when you're looking at it from a, a critical standpoint, oh, my God, it's just it's amazing. It's it's, it's jaw dropping. The type of animation used. I, I was a huge yeah. fan of uh, and still am. This is why I always say it, it, to me, it's the film that every other anthology should be judged against because as much as I love Trick or Treat, this is why, this is my, and I'm on, I do love that movie, but this is always going to be the pinnacle for me, just because, and I can tell you what, I appreciate this movie more now than ever on this last watch, and here's what's funny, the other day, I happened to watch another film from 1982 that I happened to love, and as I'm watching this movie, I've seen this, this other movie many times, and I love that film big time. And I'm thinking, there's absolutely nothing wrong with this movie. 
I can quote this movie word for word. I adore this movie. It's awesome. Maybe I like this movie better than I like Creepshow. Maybe uh, if I did my top 10 movies again, this would finish higher. Then I watched Creepshow two days later, and I was like, nope. <laughs> I love that other movie, but Creepshow is still taking the cake. And I cannot believe you said that with the <laughs> taking thing. Taking the cake. Yeah. Oh! Where's yeah. my cake, Cordelia? <laughs> I didn't even mean to say it. <laughs> I thought you totally meant to say that. No, it was not even on purpose. Wow. Who the cake. Well, I guess we should get into it. Let me just say one thing, though. But I mean, I'll, we should all say something if we want to. Again, the opening shit with, with, you know, it's a great start with everything with Atkins. And the creep outside of his bed, outside of his window, is fucking awesome the way that thing looks. Yeah. It's such a good trick. It's a real skeleton, by the way. But, yep. Dressed up with some things. Yeah, it's it's awesome. And here's what's funny. Did you guys notice when when he sees that skull, when he sees the creep outside his window, he takes his fist and he puts it into his hand, like as if to say, I'm going to get you, like talking about his father. <laughs> <laughs> it's cheesy, but but hysterical. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little Joe Hill. Oh, it's great. What do you guys let's, have to say? Let's, let's talk about Father's Day. Let's talk about Father's Day. What a great... Yeah. <laughs> The deal, yeah. Yeah, the at the atmosphere in this one. This one probably when watching this one as a kid was probably the scariest segment to me. Because really? of because of the atmosphere. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I was always terrified of, of that of the makeup and effects they did on the uh on the skeleton. On Nathan. Boy, Savini. Oh. It's a great it's a great corpse. Using real maggots? Oh. Yeah, right. Good that, was, that, was, that was a cool little story, too, about the, um, what's his name? The actor who played Martin in Romero's Martin was the creature, was the skeleton. But he didn't want to have maggots on his face. So they got someone else to do it. I believe a woman who was working on the film. Yeah. And, and she was and, and just showing that in the documentary, you know, her trying to manipulate the mouth and stuff. Uh, it was just, man, if you haven't seen that documentary, it'll make your love for for Creepshow even stronger. Yes, it, you. The only play they did sell it uh, on the side. I think last year they they finally uh, sold it. But Syn- prior- Syn- Synapse has it finally now. Okay, Synapse released it separately. Yeah. I remember that. I actually had it from uh, a few years prior when the Second Sight Blu-ray uh, from the U. It's a UK import. Yeah, it, it, I, I have it on there. The creep show came out there, and it's actually a better quality than the the creep show here. So of course I wanted it. So I got that, and Just Desserts, the documentary, was on that as well, along with the deleted scenes and some other things. So it's yeah, granted the new one's coming out, so I guess people can hold out to that. It's going to be like a month from now. So yeah, and it's and I, I'm assuming that it's going to be on there. I can't remember, but. You said it. Just desserts. It's just as good as watching like more brains or uh, any of those. Yeah, it's up there with uh, you're so cool, Brewster. Right. With the uh, pet cemetery one. Yeah, all all those good ones. Yeah. yeah. Definitely check it out if you guys can. But yeah, you know the atmosphere and the the, the colors. Sir? The colors, yes, the lighting. It's yeah. beautiful. It's like watching Suspiria. I, exactly. That's exactly oh. what I was thinking when I was watching that with all the, the reds and the blues. Just really, really sharp. So good. And they, they do it in other chapters in this movie, but not as much as they do here. They really rely on it here for the atmosphere. Oh, man. And I think, you know, I don't want to say, I think that elevates this segment for me, but because yeah. one, one of my critiques of this 
of this um, segment was I wanted a few more kills. Oh, really? I never, yeah. had, I never had that issue uh, with this. I mean, obviously, it, it just be, I guess more because it's an anthology and it's a short piece. I thought it was yeah. fine. I thought the way that they presented it was great. And again, this is where I mentioned it already earlier in the show, but this is where Savini does his magic trick. So it's a combination of editing and special effects combined with, with that head twist and everything else. Oh, it's just done oh. perfect. Perfectly. No, oh. I, I thought they really did that. They really yeah. killed that woman. <laughs> it sounded like it. But I the, want uh, my cake, you dirty bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, that noise when, when on the neck twist. Oh man, so good. You know. Oh. <laughs> Don't you think Hank could have moved though? Like he <laughs> he lays there for oh. so long. I know. I've always noticed that. I guess you can pass it off to Shock and. Yeah, he's move. paralyzed by fear. Like on this watch, that's what I thought. I wasn't like going, "Oh, come on, move already." I thought he was like, "Oh shit." Did I do that? If I, I think lose, he was frozen it... in fear. Yeah, and I'm and then... thinking to myself, just get out of the way, but he's just can't. Well, picture being in that situation and actually seeing that thing freaking 10 feet from you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I'm in a hurry to get up and go anywhere near it. You know? That's true. That's something else. I mean, who knows how slow, how fast it is. I mean, this is real life. This isn't a Romero dead film. Well, it is kind of, but I mean, <laughs> in, this, in this guy's shoes. He looks and he sees this thing. He doesn't know how fast it could, it could possibly move. All he does is see, literally, the guy, it's like he's doing a magic trick. He moves his hands around and causes that thing to happen. That's what's cool about that scene. Yeah. I, you know what? I always wondered how he came back. I mean, not that you really have to have an explanation for it. I mean, it's a, you know, it's a horror anthology, but... And a comic book. Movie. Yeah, but the, the whiskey. Did you read yes. that? Yes, that was... it's the whiskey. That's awesome. I didn't I didn't know whiskey in Gaelic is translated to water of life. Yes, and not just the fact that and guess why it's whiskey? Because what? he was a bootlegger. Yes. Yes. That's right. Yeah. He was it, yeah. It's a cut scene. I mean she does call him a bootlegger. She does. Bootlegger. Yeah, yeah. She <laughs> says that whole thing. But they one of the deleted scenes that they cut is when they go into more of the history of, of him and, and, and you know how he made his fortune and, and, you know, it was bootlegging and all kinds of other shit, you know, just illegal activity. And then he got yeah. rich. So, I mean, if he's a bull, you know, it's just like, uh, it's just desserts. There you go. I mean, yeah, but all, all these little things, all these little details that they, they put in, it's just, it's, it's fantastic. And again, with this freaking score, John Harrison, this is one of the, I wish more people would do this. He sat down and watched the movie and then composed the score. And, you can tell because so many times things match up with the motion. Even like when Ed Harris flicks his match and there's a noise from it. There's stuff throughout this whole thing. Not only is it his own score, but they also had access to the uh, the Capitol Records library. They used cues. Maybe 90% of what you hear is, is John Harrison's compositions. Yeah. And the other stuff is stuff from the, li- from the, from the Capitol Records library that... It might be like a 90-second song, and they took like eight seconds from it because, it, you know, they were they had access to the domain. I, I'm, the only place you can find this soundtrack, uh, if you have Amazon Prime and you have a smartphone or whatever, go and get the the Prime app and go into the music there. And you can get the Creepshow Extended Original Motion Picture Soundtrack. You can only get it there. Uh, uh, if you go to iTunes or thing, they just have the regular eight-track thing. This one has 48 tracks. You know, it's basically everything that's there. So, 
yeah, such good stuff. Anyway, I'm I'm already being too long-winded. I'm sorry. I, no, I love the... that's what it's about, man. Yeah, all right. I just, you know, I I love the film. Uh, how about a Father's Day cake? Has anybody ever heard of a Father's Day cake? No. <laughs> you know what? I've never even thought about that until this exact moment. <laughs> Who the fuck is a Father's Day? I'm going to start having them. How's that? Oh, yeah, fathers get shafted. Your moms get a Mother's Day cake. And whatever, Father's Day, never. No chance. Only time I get a cake is my birthday. <laughs> That's it. Father's Day cake. What never. the fuck? That guy's out of his mind, apparently. I mean, he's making this his poor daughter do all that stuff. She's unstable. You know, he has freaking... Uh, the girl finally finds love, and, and, and the guy has him whacked. You know what I mean? <laughs> he alluded That's... to the fact that he was kind of obsessed with his daughter, maybe in an ancestral type of way. They said it's like a Freudian relationship. Who know? You know? But... Yeah. Whew. Happy Father's Day! Cool. Uh, the wandering ashtray. Aha! That's cool. That's cool. The wandering ashtray. Yes, and it's so funny that Lawrence just put up that thing on the page just a week or two ago. I thought I was gonna blow people. Actually, I thought it was kind of common knowledge, but I was gonna mention it on the show. But he... here's the funny thing: so many people responded and said, "Oh, I never knew that." I'm like, "Really? People never knew that? Really?" I mean. Maybe I'm just, because of my obsession with the film, I, I thought it was common knowledge. Did you guys know about that? I did not. No, well, I didn't either, but it, I love Creepshow, but it's not a movie I've watched a million times. I've probably seen it, maybe this was my 10th time? Yeah. I almost feel guilty, because sometimes I'm pretty good at noticing things like that. I'm not, but, you know, <laughs> it, it features it features prevalently prevalently in uh, the in Father's Day, and afterwards it's, it's almost just like an Easter egg in the rest of it. Yes. Yes, so, is. so it, I, I could, I totally understand why, because why I've never seen it, and why other people would probably never notice it, well, unless it, they, unless they did their research or were diehard obsessed. Uh, I'm gonna go a step further. <laughs> uh, most people know that it's in the five stories, but most people don't know. And in, in that meme that was posted, it wasn't there either. Most people do not know that it's also in the wraparound. It's another situation where if you blink, you miss it. But it's at the end when he's poking the voodoo doll and he has the thing. It, it's on his desk with some stuff over it. But the, the little boy has it. So, but it's everywhere. It's it's there. It's I guess we could talk about it in the uh, when we see it. Yeah. You know, in each one. But yeah, that, that freaking marble ashtray, you know. Of course, it, like you said, it's prevalent here. It's the murder weapon. Damn. I love that scene when she's all flipping out making the cake and fucking. <laughs> she's, she squeezes the icing. <laughs> yeah. She puts like a freaking... Ten, 10 tons of icing on that cake. <laughs> and you know what? This is a comic book film, and it plays like one. All of these stories are pretty straightforward for the yeah. most part. Some more than others. This is easy. We got these freaking people, you know, and they're all kind of assholes. They're, they're all snotty, rich people, and they're just waiting to get the same money that when Bedelia dies that she was trying to get from her father when he died. Although, honestly, I don't think she cared about the money. He thought that she did, you know, but... Whatever. He's, he's some rich, crazy bastard, and it is what it is. But the characters in this, they're not meant to be like. <laughs> they're meant to. They're getting what they're supposed to be getting. You know, it's just. It's morality tales. And that's what these comics were. These uh, EC comics that these are based off of. But, man, it's it's comic booky like like nothing else is. Just even when this one begins, Father's Day, and you see the cartoon and how it cuts into to live action yeah. oh man it's great and that jump scare with the hand popping out of the ground it still gets me oh 
Man, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I do like the fun. transitions too. Like when you see in one frame of the comic on the screen, the car's driving yes. away, or and then it's driving towards, or vice versa. But I love that how they're yeah. they're showing you the two frames, but the action is continuous. That's yeah. great. They do yeah, that a couple when, times. When, when Bedelia arrives, I yeah. noticed that. It was yeah. really cool. Fantastic. Oh, and then when they have those cuts and it's just the black and the cartoon stuff, it's straight up like comic book. I mean, they really put everything into making it have a comic book feel. Yeah. And nothing else does that. Not the second creep show, not anything else. They do it. They, they, they tribute a, a little bit of that uh, when they do uh, in trick or, trick or Treat, actually, of all things, in the beginning. But, I mean, nobody else does that. I don't think that. I mean, it, it it probably took a lot of time and money to do that, but man, it's so worth it. Well, the ones like even my wife was watching this, and then she hasn't watched this before, uh, and she was watching it with me, and she just looked up and go, "Why is it so blue and red?" I'm like, "Well, they're really playing with the like the extreme colors, uh, and it is based on a comic book." And she right away she's like, "Oh, okay, that's cool then." But the the backdrops when like people are in angst or like going. And screaming and then they they illuminate the back and it's exactly like a frame out of a comic book where it's like the uh, yeah like the pal yeah exactly pal. it's yeah. beautiful and like you said dave no other movie really seems to nail this no has any other movie even tried to do this i don't know i'm sure they have uh i just it's not coming to mind right now <laughs> yeah no i mean I'm, I'm genuinely curious because it's so brilliantly done you would think somebody would try to at least copy it but well they they do it a little bit of it in creep show too just not yeah that. yeah well, they I mean? do it in that one that never uh, jason lloyd sent me the screener of it a year or so ago creature feature something like that and i think that was the same idea they're using like a low rent comic book type feeling where it would transition frame to frame or or, or whatnot but um it's not uh it's not the same effect yeah no one does it like this <laughs> i'll tell you what i love that guy, when he comes up, it's Father's Day, and I got my cake. And they had their reaction, which is great because, again, they go to the freaking, they show them individually in the lighting behind them and this and that. <laughs> but the guy goes, oh, my God. <laughs> I fucking love that. I always crack up at that. <laughs> Poor Cass. She was such a hog. Oh, yeah. You know what? This is the only movie Cass made. Really? And I thought she was just fine. She yeah. was, she was... Yeah, she was great in it, actually. I, I like her. She's 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 kind of hot. I like she has real pretty eyes. I, yeah, I, like, I like Cass. Yeah, especially when she's dancing. Don't let go. Don't let go. Don't let go. <laughs> you know. <laughs> oh man, I'd love to go do that dance. That's what's great about that dance. It isn't just the dance; it's the music. You know what I mean? Put when you put that song into it on top of it, and the way they're moving, well, particularly him. Oh, it's great. <laughs> I love. It. I want to host a party. Just so I can play that song at the party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I really do. If we ever have a party, you know, have, yeah. have our friends and listeners over at some place, and man, I just want to jam that tune. It'll just be the soundtrack. I love the fact that you guys explained the reasoning why he came back, because I honestly, that would be one question. I never question shit like this. I love just sitting back and watching a movie be presented to me, and then, you know, you... you you, you, you fill it in as you're watching. You go, okay, this is the reason why. I never actually really questioned why the, the zombie came or why, why yeah, the dad came back. Yeah, neither did I. I always I, just I, thought it was a vengeful thing because yeah. he was murdered by his daughter. It's just, so it's but the whiskey cool. thing was yeah. really cool. So I love the fact that you guys brought that up because I never knew that. Nice. Yeah, it's good. And I never questioned either, but you know, I looked into it. And 
Yeah, movies like this, you there's so much trivia and so much added stuff behind the scenes that you could read about, and it's just it's endless. Yeah, that's uh, great stuff. And, it is. You know, it is great stuff. Just you don't question it because if you're reading an EC comic, Tales from the Crypt or whatever those ones were, that's the way it was. It was people getting. It was morality tales. This this happened. And you don't question it. A guy rises from the grave. Granted, he's no better. He isn't like doing the Lord's work. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's but whatever. He comes out and he kills because these people are assholes. You know what I mean? And that's all there is to it. You, you don't question it when you're reading a comic. You're just you're just happy to see it. Just like Tom Atkins says, people rising from the grave, people turning into weeds. You know, <laughs> it just happens. <laughs> For Christ's sakes. <laughs> that's Speaking what God makes turning fathers. into weeds. <laughs> That's why God made fathers. He's That's fucking... why God tuck in. <laughs> He's fucking great, man. And I'll tell you, that shot at the end, like with the exclamation points and oh my god, that whole thing. I, <laughs> I have all those shirts. I have a shirt for each segment, and it's that comic book. It's that scene from the comic book. It's just the the comic part, the one of Leslie Nielsen, his head, and saying, "I can hold my breath for a long, long time." And all I have all those shirts and. I don't even know if you can find him anymore, but I got him years ago from, um, boy, I forgot the site, but I'm, I'm glad to have him. Man, I got like six or seven Creepshow shirts, so obviously. Do you have a Jordy Verrill shirt? You know what? No, there wasn't a Jordy. No, I do not have one. <laughs> nope, and the one from the crate isn't the fade-in, but it is from uh, the, other, the other three. Yeah, it's weird. And how does one tuck themselves in? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I never but, like to be tucked. I need I need everything to be loose. I don't like I don't like that whole tuck. Don't wedge in. Don't tuck under the the mattress. Don't tuck under my legs. Just leave me be. You don't do that that tuck trick like um Buffalo Bill in in, in uh Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> <laughs> you tuck in. I've done that tuck before. <laughs> I think we've all done that tuck. Everybody has. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. You got to do it once. Yeah. You know? It's fun. I'll tell you what. It's fun. <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> And then you run downstairs in front of, you run in front of the entire family and go, I'm a woman. (laughs) Yep. It just freaks everyone out. Oh, you do the opposite. Sorry, that's not Angela. (laughs) The opposite with Angela. That would be funny to do to someone, duck in, and then do that Angela growl and go by. (laughs) (laughs) We know what's going on in the Z house this weekend. Oh, I wish. I wish my wife wouldn't think I was a complete freak if I did that. (laughs) I would do it. What do I care? <laughs> does it? Does anybody else have anything else they want to add to uh, Father's Day? No. All right. Thanks. Then let's move on. Jordy Vero or the Lonesome Death. Oh, Jordy Vero. Tell you what, this has always been the, the the smudge on the film for me a bit because I love the other four, and I mean love. There's nothing I would change. Jordy Vero, there are some things I would change. Doesn't affect my overall view of the movie. Everybody knows, but not everybody, but you guys know how I feel about it. It was in my top 10, whatever. I, I adore the film. So it doesn't hurt it that much. I'll tell you something. I realized something this time that actually made me like it a little bit more. Was it meteor shit? <laughs> <laughs> meteor shit. Yeah, it's great. Oh, Jordy Farrell, you lunk. <laughs> He's he, I mean, he's great. He's he great, great as an actor. I, it, it's shockingly. I mean, I know it's a caricature, but he does it well. The downfall is it, this one is the fish out of the water segment. 
of the I think it's I think film. it's Romero. I think it was Romero's mistake to tell him to take to tell Stephen King to take this performance to where he did. Yes, and he said that too on the doc. Yeah. He said if I was doing it again today, uh, I would make it a little less. I, I would have it toned down a little because I literally told him, do it like Wiley e. Coyote. Yeah, exactly. Really and go it, overboard. And this is the the cartoon one. This is the the Roadrunner Wiley e. Coyote one. This is the one where the comedy is just over the top. But in its defense, I could see this being the most comic booky, as in appearing in a comic. Because when you read those type of comics, a lot of the times the characters are goofy that way. Like picture That's when true. he puts his hand over his face and he, you know what I mean? He's got that goofball look on his face. <laughs> I could see that in a comic. I can literally picture it, you know, someone looking ridiculous. I think it's, this one here is most likely to be in a comic. The story itself and and the way it's played out. Like I, I could I could visualize, actually I don't have to visualize, I own the comic book. But I, I'll be honest. I, I, I have the comic book. I, I bought it. It came out last year. Actually, I was gifted it. I didn't even purchase it. It came out a year ago. They put it all out. I flipped through it once. Don't remember anything about it. And I kept it intact. And I hung it on my wall in, in the plastic bag it came in. So I'm not even going by memory or any of that. But I'm just saying that I could picture a comic book where he's having those dream sequences. Oh, those dream sequences are funny. When all, all he could dream about is making $200 from this meteor. <laughs> That's the most he could possibly dream of. We found this alien meteor that crashes to Earth, and he's like, two hundred. I'm not nothing less than two hundred dollars. I could pay off my bills, pay off that bank loan. Yep, pay off that bank loan. That's the ticket. <laughs> <laughs> he does pretty good for Wiley Coyote and going overboard and everything else. It's probably his best performance. Not that he is known to deliver a bunch of lines in any well, film. Well, in Creepshow, too, he was pretty good as the truck driver. <laughs> yeah, he's in it for one second. Look, ah, looks looks like creamed. a black guy. <laughs> yeah, looks like a black guy. He goes, that got cream. That's what happened. It happens all the time. <laughs> anyway, that's, that's Creepshow, too. But it's usually just a cameo, just a line or two. You know, So to take that and to do it for, you know, as an actor for the first time, I'll have to give him some props because, you know, everybody can't do that. I'll tell you what, it makes me uncomfortable watching this one. I still get very itchy when I watch it. <laughs> it, it <Yeah>. Man, <laughs> when he gets into that bathtub, oh, my God. Oh, I this, cringe. This is the shortest segment, right? Because it, yeah. it definitely feels like the shortest segment. I just, or I just assume it is. So that's why I never have a major problem with it, because it feels like you're in, out, done. And quite dark at the end. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is at the end. That, well, no, I th- are you talking about the actual, what he does to himself? What yeah. he does to himself, yeah. yeah that, that, sh- that shot of the shot. Is... The double shot, yeah. The um... double shot. Double shot J. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, here's the thing. When I was a kid, I never understood why he was saying, please, God, you know, and let my luck be in just once, you know? And I'm thinking... <laughs> What does he want to be lucky with? What is he asking for? I literally thought when I was a kid that he <laughs> that he was going to try to take that gun and blow the freaking the green Grass stuff off. off his body a piece at a time to give it <laughs> Because why would he be saying, I understand now. I guess I do. Yeah, it, well, you do. He, he didn't want to survive. He wanted to make sure he, he actually killed himself. But yeah. when I was a kid, I was thinking, what, what's he asking God for? I mean, what's he going to do? Blow off one piece at a time and hope to live? I was like, so I thought it was failure. 
You know, he did that in fucking at all. But now he, he did succeed. Which yeah. I guess that's good. I which mean, is a major tonal shift because the whole thing is goofy. And then all of a sudden he's got that creepy voice that you just did. And he's, ugh. How about that voice? It's throughout the whole film. He does that voice. Nathan does that voice when he comes out the grave. Yeah. You know who else does it? Joe Hill again at the beginning when he says, I hope you rot in hell. It's, it's, it's everywhere. The, the, they do it in freaking um, something to tide you over. Ted Danson and Galen Walsh do it when they come back. They all have that little extra thing, and it, it's only exclusive to this movie as far as yeah, I know. Yeah, that, that raspiness. Yeah, it's cool. It's yeah. like the show rattle. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just pictured a fucking, like have a you, toy rattle for a kid. Have either of you ever mixed a drink and then mixed the drink with the entire liquor bottle? I want to. So right? Good. I love that scene. Every time I see it, I think, man, <laughs> I want to do that once in my life. <laughs> I thought the exact same thing, funny enough. <laughs> and I love vodka, so I could easily get some orange juice in the vodka and just pour it in there. And, yeah, I, I'd make myself a screwdriver like that. Yeah. I'm going to do that, too. When we have the party, we're going to play Don't Let Go, and I'm going to stir drinks with the, with the bar. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to be pissed drunk to dance around and go, Don't Let Go. you know. But, yeah, I'll tell you what. I think if you took out or shortened those dream sequences, it, it would improve. That's where it gets real goofy to me. It's a uh, little too much to me. I like when the doctor, like, when he's just sliding by in his chair. I like that, and I like when he goes, This is going to be extremely... <laughs> And he's, oh, that kind of freaks me out how he rubs his thumb up against the, the blade like that. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little, it's kind of like a, a nails on a chalkboard to me. And a little bit. It's just, I don't know. I watched, I, don't the, know. I watched the um, the extended scenes on YouTube that uh, I know that you were talking that there was a work print years ago available that had those scenes, I guess, kind of put back in. Uh, admittedly, I'm I'm happy they took him out because a lot of the stuff is just repetitive anyway, uh, and I thought some of the extended dream stuff, daydream stuff that was in this segment didn't need to be there. Agreed. And I'm not disagreeing with you that maybe even more should have been trimmed, and right. I'm not necessarily just from this sequence segment, but from a few of the segments, just to tighten the film up a little bit more, so. I don't understand why his father is the same guy as the doctor and the fucking the guy in all the dream sequences. <laughs> it's a little weird, no? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. Should have been different. Yeah, yeah well, I can see that one guy being the same in everything except when he's revealed to be his father. I don't know. That's just something I've always noticed. I'm like, why is his why is his dad in, in every dream? But is I don't that, know. That, Maybe he has his dad on the mind. I, I, I don't, don't know. know. Is that camper kitsch? That's stupid. <laughs> That's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh, shit, he's skipping ahead. All right. <laughs> hey, look, I, I'm just segueing us to the next segment. <laughs> That's what he's trying to do. I'll say one positive thing again. It's kind of clever. What they do with the television and what he's watching on the TV in comparison to what's happening in his life at that time is done with intent, and I think it's done really well. Yeah, what, what was he watching? A Star is Born? Just everything. Every time, whatever he's watching on the TV has to do with the situation he's in. Does like the lines they're saying and... And yeah. She goes, can you understand that? And he said, No, 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 no. That part, <laughs> you know, all that stuff that that's going on. And the one thing is like, it's a real positive message from like the church or something. And it says, You are strong. You're gonna overcome this. All this stuff. And then at the very end, it says, pre-recorded. So it's not even live. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a cute little thing. But throughout it, 
if you next time you watch it just just line it up it's the situation at hand and what's being said on the tv and, and how it pertains to what's happening to him it's a a, a nice little um a clever little thing they throw in there that i like but the thing that i thought about this time which was really cool is that this is really like the apocalypse happening and yeah yeah this yeah is, this is doom this is doom for everyone Yes, and I never really got that before because I I, I just I took it as like a you know just a you know a tongue in cheek a, a joke line that you know expect lots of rain and it's going to be very green in Castle Rock County and whatever that, that we get at the end. But if the water on top of that is what causes it to grow at such a you know at an accelerated rate, so yeah. this meteor lands and guess what? Freaking it, it lands and there you go. It's been broken open. It's gonna be a bunch of rain, and it's gonna wipe everybody. It's gonna turn into this fucking thing. Yeah, he, he immediately feeds it by pouring the water on it, and then it's just it's gonna spread out of control. Yeah. So this guy is causing probably the end of the world. Every, yep. Everyone's gonna turn into those freaking things if you think about it. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is a kind of a cool last shot too. Yeah. Yes. So yeah, I enjoyed it more than before because of that realization uh, of you know how how serious this is. What's gonna happen next? Yeah, and I guess just to back up my fish out of water thing, it's because of it's a one-person show, and because of the amped up Wild D. Coyote acting, I think he still does a great job, but it's the goofiest segment. That's the reason. By far, I mean the other ones don't really have comedy in them. I don't think. Well, yeah, Very... they do, but more subtle, like, like more the subtle. like the the daydream sequences in the crate. It's a crate next or something that tied you over. Something that tied you over. Okay, sorry. Something that tied you over. But even even those debut sequences. Oh, I guess yeah. <laughs> those are pretty funny. The one, the one is funny with the gunshot. The other one with the necktie. That's not really. No, the necktie is not funny. The gunshot to the head is funny. But because of the reaction of the crowd. That's <laughs> just a standing ovation. For right, right. <laughs> <laughs> no, anyway. Bi no, Billy. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, everything's just fine. Yeah, he's fucking great. Great <laughs> shot. Bullseye. <laughs> anyway, we're jumping ahead. Yeah. Something to tide you over. Something to tide you over. Let me just say one thing. This, in my opinion, uh, it's not in my, this, this is one of my, this is probably a top five villain in all of horror for me. Leslie Nielsen's performance, I am, I, I am in love with it. I, I feel almost the way I feel about Jack Nicholson in The Shining. I just... He, he's quite evil, and I think uh, even just looking at it outside of what goes on in this story, when he puts the tape away, you could see how many tapes he has that you could realize that this guy's a fucking lunatic. This um, is an amazing segment in the movie. It's perfectly placed within the film, I think, and I, maybe that's the reason why the Stephen King one, of course, comes before it to set you up for this one. I find that there's no time wasted. I'm glad they did edit down. I mean, could there have been more tightening up, like I said earlier? Sure, maybe we had too many tides come in uh, when they're there, but it works. It no, works. this one, this one, I wouldn't, I wouldn't trim. I could think nope. of others to trim from, but but the, definitely the, not this one. Yeah, and I'm I'm watching my wording here because I know that you want revelations later of favorites, but I don't think, I think we're all going to blow this one, but this nah, is, I, I'll this say is the movie. Too. This, is, yeah. this is one of my favorite segments also. I love it. <laughs> yeah. It, there's, I love how serious Leslie Nielsen is. I love Ted Danson in it. I love the whole setup. And just when you think like, how is it going to play? How would he get in that hole? You buy everything. 
because he's got a gun. He's like promising that he's going to see the girl again. 8-8 follows that EC comic uh, motif of just cheating lovers and revenge. Yeah. I just don't believe that Harry can bench 300. (laughs) (laughs) That may work on TV, mister, but let me assure you. (laughs) Yeah, Richard, man, I'll tell you what. That one thing that made me... uh, I always loved Leslie Nielsen, but man, he's such a oh. prick in this one. But I loved hearing the stories about him with the fart machine on on, oh. on set. That made me that made me just like him even more. Just absolutely. Just to know that he was he was just him goofy self between takes because man, he's so evil. Boy, is he? <laughs> well, he was a serious actor fun? before the Files of Police Squad and Airplane hit and everything like that. Like he was a serious yeah. actor. Yeah, so it, it it was great that he had these, he could do both sides here, like be serious and then have like be totally screwball comedy. I think they reference in the in the doc that uh, that he enjoyed doing the comedic stuff much more. Well, yeah, he was good at he's both. Yeah, uh, he he is good at both. I love the subtleties of building up the fact that you see that he's got these cameras that are moving around. It would have been high tech at the time. So, like, when he's running cable from the back of his car or truck, you don't even question it. Because he lives right there. He's got a big spool of cable. And he's running there. Because at first, I'm like, how's he getting electricity down there? I'm talking about when I watched this when I was a kid. Now, of, of course, you're just like, well, it makes total sense. They don't, go into, they don't go into huge exposition as to why. But you see through the security shots and just the cameras turning. Yeah, and that this is all pre-planned. And that he's done this before, and it just adds to the creepiness of it. Oof, I'm just in... It's just pure horror when you watch the tide come in. Oh, that. Just them struggling for breath. And when he's watching her on the uh, on the uh, television. Ugh. Do you notice one moment of regret that quickly changes? I've always noticed this with Leslie Nielsen. He's watching it, and her scream almost makes him second-guess what he's doing for a split second. It's his acting. And then yep. he, he he gets right out of it. It's like he's having that drink. And he's like mulling over, what am I doing here? But yeah. then he, he gets himself out of it. I've always loved that. Yeah. Okay, okay. you're talking about back in the house when he's Sorry, watching yeah. it. Yes, yeah. when he's watching it back in the house. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. No, that, that yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. He looked down at a drink for a second. Yeah. He looks down and then, yep, he, oh, acting. Exactly. Fucking great. I, his performance, I mean, I... Man, everything that comes out of his mouth is fucking gold. I love it. It's so entertaining when he's being evil and when he's being funny slash evil at the same time. You know, just, I don't know. The way he delivers all these lines, man, I tell you. And the, the fact that Stephen King thought this idea is incredible. Could you even, it's definitely possible, probable, that this could happen. But who would think that? You know, to come up with that. Burying someone up to the to their body, burying somebody up in, in the sand, so just their head shows, and wait for the tide to come in so they drown. What a fucking idea. Wow. Man. Yeah. Terrifying. I can't get over it. Wow. And when they show Ted dancing, that haunts me. Always has. You know how I am about drowning. It's fuck. Oh, God. When they show that scene and he's there, I don't even know how he does it. You see the air bubbles come out of him. It's like, oh, my God. It's horrendous. And then... Have you guys noticed that when that that is happening, that red light that that starts forming behind them? Yes. Isn't that something? Yeah, that must that's be the, cool. It must be what what's uh, either his anger, or 
whatever is at play here. You know, the the, the supernatural element. Uh, you know, doing what it does, casting its spell. I don't know. I don't know what you want. To I call I it. always thought it was more for the like the comic effect. You thought that was comic? What a guy's about? No, the he... comic book, of, like the comic book effect, like the red behind, almost like transitioning to that anger type of like yeah. that ah moment. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I, I guess it could be that. The red behind. What is he, a baboon? Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I want to know, again, this is another one where Ted Danson character sort of realizes what's happening to him and then says, I'm going to get you. I'm going to get you. But that's really the only catalyst of, of what's able to make them come back. Right? Yeah. We, there, there's no... There's no wit. There's no whiskey bottle. <laughs> well, but that's it. Like, as we, said, or, as we said earlier, there's really no explanations to what happens there it's like almost like the evil act of the fact that he's murdered them was enough for them to be able to to haunt him yeah and, yeah, and i'm and that's, fine with that's that enough, that's i'm enough, totally fine yeah, with that's that. more than enough. I, I love when they come back oh man it's so eerie Oh. I love the, I love the shot through the uh, through the fish tank and the reactions of the fish. Yeah, the fish even gets scared. I love the, it. Yeah, I I love that. <laughs> yeah. I love how you see the mist come up. Oh, and that's yeah. kind of like them approaching. I thought that was a great element, and it always contained one of the other scares, like similar to the hand in Father's Day, uh, where he shuts the door, turns, and then they're right there standing. Oh, that yeah. always used to scare me when I was younger as well. Yeah. It's expected. Oh. But it's so well done. <laughs> and the effects with the gunshots. Man, I'll tell you what. Every time I've watched it, it's looked like greenish, blackish fluid yeah. coming out when he shot him. But this time, watching it on my new TV, it was the reddest that I've ever seen it. And I was like, wow, that was the intent. So it's weird, but it's the first time I noticed it being looking like actual blood were just before. Now I don't think it makes a difference. I, I, actually, it's kind of creepy that it is greenish blackish. Yeah, it's I still see of... it as greenish blackish. So but did it's I. Still, still unsettling. This time, <laughs> I get that using... new Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, using the second sight uh, Blu-ray that I that I have and using it on on my new TV, I, it was different. The, the color palette was a little bit different for, just for that child. It's like, wow, look at that. It, I never looked, seen it look uh, like actual reddish blood before, but it did. So, I don't know. I think it would have been funnier to see Ted Danson and um, the actress who played Rebecca see them as zombies digging the hole for Leslie Nielsen. Oh, wow. <laughs> no shit, huh? <laughs> that would have been goofy as hell. Digging a hole. Yeah, like a dog in a beach. Like, <laughs> with their paws. <laughs> yeah, with their paws. Oh, oh that's, uh, it's great. It's so much fun. Everything that comes out of his mouth, he was like, I am not seen at all. He says that. <laughs> And he's like, oh, Ted Dance is like, this has gone, this has gone just about far enough. And he's like, no, nah, not nearly far enough. He said, <laughs> he's such a fucking prick. He's awesome. And he's like, I always keep my promises, Harry. And I do have the gun, don't I? <laughs> I can just rattle his lines and I, I'll stop because I could just, oh, he is incredible. His, his delivery of lines it's so evil, but he's like entertaining himself. But he's also so matter of fact when he's saying things. He's like, you know, you're gonna be okay. He says, like, you're gonna be okay if you don't lose, lose your head. And he's like, oh well, looks like she's losing hers, doesn't it? He's fucking <laughs> great. I get so much joy. I really, I get so much joy from watching his performance. And again, this is what's cool about this this whole movie. When people come back for revenge, they're not even the the coolest people. Nathan came back. The guy's an asshole, bootlegger, murderer. You know what I mean? He comes back. These people are cheating. Granted, this guy's an asshole and he's 
possessive or whatever else, but they didn't necessarily have to do it this way. So no, but you learn. Seeing... But you see that Leslie Nielsen, that Richard's a a killer. He's got a whole collection of tapes. How many people do you think he's killed? See, I I don't know if I buy that just because he has a lot of videotapes that they're all they're all. Oh murdered. no, I believe they're all they're all videotapes of his killings. He adds that to the collection, like uh, like he's proud of that collection. I never thought of that. See, it's like he says, I'm I'm perfectly sane except w- when it has to do with the subject of, w- of what's mine and what's not. And then he goes, I'm not sane at all. Like, as long as you don't try to take what's his, he's not going to kill you. See, but- it, it's funny. I never read it as like he had a collection of murderous videos either, but it did enter my mind this time, Brandon, which is funny. Yeah. However, I, I just took it that he was high tech and it was just another video he was adding to his collection, not necessarily of murderous videos. Just of, I'm going to put this right beside, you know, bikini bloodbath or whatever. <laughs> I don't know why that was the first title that came to my head. I don't even think that's a movie. That's fucking great. <laughs> I think we've heard that. We've heard that somewhere. Bikini. Wasn't that, was that the name of the movie in uh, Final Girls? I don't maybe. I don't even know. I think that's just bloodbath. Uh, maybe that was just bloodbath. bloodbath or something. <laughs> I don't know. Beach blanket bloodbath? Is that a movie? <laughs> It's, it's in between Bikini Bloodbath and Beach Blanket Bloodbath <laughs> that he puts these uh, murderous tapes in. I never thought that. I just figured he murdered because of this particular situation, which, let's face it, it, it does drive people to murder. People that are normal or uh, seem normal, that have never committed a crime in their life or harmed another human being in their life, suddenly, when they have a significant other, it happens all the time. That's why when, when someone dies or is murdered, the first person they question or is their spouse. It's just, it happens. So when you're talking about a situation, I never thought of it. Maybe you're right, Brandon. It, it never even occurred to me that that could be it. But he does mention his collection. He goes, I'm going to yeah. add him to the collection. He does say that. So it's even more so. I, I don't know. I mean, I just it's just a theory I've always thought about. So he's so evil. Instead of sex tapes, it's death tapes. <laughs> <laughs> nice. hey, I could get off on either. <laughs> we know. Now just look at the quality of that picture. <laughs> yeah, he's fucking great. God, I love him. I, I, I I'm, I'm so into his performance that, granted, this movie is filled with great performances. If you think about it, that's one of the the great things about this movie. I mean, George Romero. It's got to be his best acted movie. Period. I will disagree with you. I'm a fan of some of his other films, but there's always oh, been yeah. questionable acting choices in some of them. So yeah, maybe uh, Martin's good. Well, well, he got he got so many great actors on board with this, and they all took it very serious for what it was. So that shows throughout the whole film, and that's why it's so successful. Yep. Ah, oh, man, it's great stuff. It's showtime. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking great. <laughs> Oh, shit. And then later on when Ted Danson says the two of them, that's fucking scary when they're yeah. talking. If you can hold your breath. Holy fuck. <laughs> that fucking, I, I even love the Ted Danson shot that looks like his head's just in an aquarium. I think that, that's oh, creepy, God. too. Oh, that's what I said. Oh, it fucks me up. That's, that's with the red behind him, right? Yes. Yeah, that that's that, that much. And he actually shot that with his head in a tank of water. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, they showed it on the documentary. The, the uh, There was a guy with, like, a uh, oxygen tank giving him oxygen because they were actually filming and he had You'd to be... You'd freak uh, out, Dave. <laughs> I, I, I couldn't do it, but I would be okay because of Tom Savini. 
Tom Savini said I had a third backup. He goes, there was a guy with oh. oxygen. There was someone there with a vacuum that went yeah. into the fucking tank. I don't know how good a vacuum is going to work in that case. That'd be what did he have? He had like an axe or a bat? A sledgehammer. A sledgehammer. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case those two fucking failed, I was going to smash the glass. Which, yeah. if I would have known he had a sledgehammer, I could do it. For some reason, I don't trust a scuba thing. I'm afraid to go scuba diving because I, I, I don't know. I think it would fail. Uh, but th that's why that movie, fucking 47 meters down, fucked me up so much. Why I was so into it because that that's such a fear of mine, you know? Yeah. But who, who had that shot? Holy fuck! <laughs> but at the very end, when he's going crazy, <laughs> he's great. <laughs> he's scared and he's fucking laughing and crying and at the same time, oh my god! But do you think I? I just my one critique is right. I love that. I love his acting there. But right when that first wave hits and they play that goofy ass music that takes you out, that it's like, it, it just didn't fit. You have that little bang, bang, yeah. bang. Yep. Yeah, it just, it was just, I, I don't no, know. It freeze frames, and then they, it's almost like they're, they're do, 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 do. It's, it, yeah, it, it, it's yeah, not it was, that, but it, it's, it's the equivalent of that. Like, wow, 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 wow. Yeah, exactly. You, you exactly. That's, yeah, but still a I great agree. Segment. Still a great segment. Oh, I, I, I absolutely love it. I guess that brings us to the next one, right? Yes, the crate. The crate. The crate. All because of a fucking coin flip. If this guy doesn't flip a coin, none of this shit happens. <laughs> Which it starts <laughs> right asshole. off with. I gotta tell you, although I enjoy this because of the performances, this is the this one that could be edited way down. too long. Yeah. Yes. It's this way is the one too that long. And this is one of the weaker ones to me. This wow, was never. This was never one of my. This was never one of my favorites. I think I've grown to like it more. I think the. Uh, you know the the story's a little bit all over the place. Wow. Because because they presented that that you know here we got um, Harry and, and Wilma who you think are going to be the stars and then it really turns to be Dexter's story so they almost present it like a love story between Dexter and Harry because they're always talking about playing chess together and they're always together and they're always eyeballing each other when when Wilma's acting up so it's 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 a little it's a little weird. I, no? I, I I'm shocked because I think this is the consensus number one of most people. Everyone talks about. The crate. Well, I think the effects of Fluffy are phenomenal, and and the 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 gore and stuff is is awesome. But I think the story drags on a little too long, and I think it could have been I don't know. You're saying everybody thinks it's one of the best, Dave? I I, I agree with Dave. I always feel yep. like people like this one as one of the best. I think I think if we put a poll up on the thing, it would 100. Uh, percent I would bet my fucking podcasting future on it. How's that? I'm 100. No, I I, I sure agree with you. Win. But don't you feel like 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 I mean I love I love Fritz Fritz Weaver and I love uh, Hal Holbrook. But don't you think well, like this should have been just one guy that it should have just been like Hal Holbrook? I'm not saying this because it's my favorite. Because guess what? It's not. I'm gonna I'm gonna say that's a spoiler. But so I'm, I'm not I'm not I'm not sitting here saying oh yeah if everyone voted it would be number one because it's the best and it's my favorite. That's not true. I just always believed that. It is everybody's favorite by the way they talk about it. And when I was a kid, I was not that much into it. And everyone seemed to love it when I when I actually uh, favored other ones. So it just seems that everyone always puts this one in the highest regard of them all. And the weird thing is, as I've grown older, I do love it now. It's not my favorite, but I appreciate it on a whole other level. It's just, it's one that I had to grow to love. Yeah, I, I, think, I think it's a more mature one. You know, it's got the, the nods to, to Carpenter in it. 
you know, with the Arctic expedition on the crate. It's got it's got nods in it that you appreciate more when you're older and you've seen more horror movies and you you, you can pick up on the references and stuff like that. Well, not even so much that the story of the guy and his wife. Like I never. How could I have it. how could I have nods to the Arctic expedition? It came out the exact same year. That's cool. true. That that stuff I think came out like after I I I remember hearing people making references to this, and I'm like, no, I don't think like no because it even says property return to Julie Carpenter. Okay. So it it even says it on the crate Carpenter. It like does it, say, it does say Carpenter. But the thing is, check it out. Maybe something leaked and they did this as a thing because Adrian Barbeau at the time was married. Yeah, to John was married Carpenter. exactly. Yeah. And when the opportunity came up to play this part and guess what it happens to be this particular one and the one that she she, stars in. she didn't want to do it right and he he made her do it because of romero right yes he said yeah. he called george romero according to barbo in this particular interview he said oh you have to do it he's the master of horror no you gotta do it this is george romero do that's this film awesome. trust me that's awesome one master of horror talking about another one is the master of horror right that's so awesome. cool so maybe because of that conversation and because of the connection or the friendship or whatever it is between Carpenter and Romero, maybe he told him what he was filming at the time. I'm just, you know, I'm just spinning my own little thing here, but maybe that's how he was aware of it and that's why he did that. Or it was a crazy coincidence. I like this segment. I want to make sure that it's known. I like it. I feel like it just draws out too long. And I think, Brandon, you're right. There's too many characters that gets a little muddled uh, it could have been simplified a bit. The creature design is great for the amount of for what they created of the creature. Yeah, but what uh, Savini did, you know, with Rob Bottin's help is is fantastic. But yeah, I just I, I just still feel like Fritz Weaver and Hal Holbrook. I feel like it sh- it just should have been one character. But I, it's hard for me to say that because they're both such terrific actors and they both give great performances in this. I think Listen. Fr- I think Fritz Weaver is better. I think if he was married to Wilma. It, it might have just played off and he decides, you know, in his craziness, I'm going to get rid of Wilma this way rather than have it, you know, where Harry drugs Dexter and then calls her to come. And the whole story with, you know, he attacked a co-ed and she's hiding under the steps. And I think it's great. I think it works better because of all that extra stuff in the really? story. It, yeah, man. Think about that. Think about the fact that he... I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm just saying it just seems a little excess it adds to it to me like it, it could have been just a simple creature feature now that was my complaint when i was a kid is that i didn't like the look of fluffy i was like oh what do i care about some big monkey that's not <laughs> he doesn't still look like a big monkey <laughs> that's what i thought when i was a kid i saw that thing and i was like ah, it's just some big monkey in a box why is that such a big deal it, 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 that's what i thought when i was a kid i was not into it. it it's the same attitude i used to have about bigfoot like when i was a little kid I never understood why Bigfoot was a big deal. I was, I always think, so what? It's just a, 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 a large ape that walks around. Why is that such a big deal? It never resonated with me. As I yeah. got older, I figured it out. But just, so I had, I don't, <laughs> I don't know why, but that's, what, that's what I used to think with the crayon. Like, I don't care about a big monkey. It doesn't scare me. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just like hearing you say big monkey. <laughs> I think I think they need, and again, maybe I'm in the minority here. They needed a, a either a, a faster segment or a more energetic one. So maybe I have to take back what I said about now for something to tide you over being the, in the perfect placement. And maybe they should have swapped the episodes. Uh, they were the originally crepe... swapped. Really? I didn't the know The crepe that. originally was, was third and something they tied you over was fourth, but uh, they switched it. Yeah. But, you know, that's that's funny that you said that. That would have progressed better. 
based on how I view the the segments personally. Yeah. I I also used to think it was too long when I was a kid, and Me now <laughs> now I don't. I have the opposite. Everything you guys have said, I said when I when I was a kid. Now I have a completely different reaction. It's like the whole thing about him and Billy. It ends up being at the forefront in the beginning. I don't know when you just see what's going on at the party and this guy in this marriage and she's an asshole and, and whatever else. You know what I mean? But when Professor Stanley goes, when when Dex go, goes there and, and the whole thing with the monkey and the janitor and the kid and all that it is great. But then the fact that Harry, the decision that's made to take this opportunity to freaking have my wife bumped off because of what's presented itself before me, I think is fucking brilliant that he would think to do that. Who, you know, that just... I think it's so well written because of that. Like he you, gets there. You want to see some punches? <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? This is the Friday night fight? I'll show you some real punches. Oh, fucking she's what a performance. Ch- chicken player. guts, piggy friends and shit for brains. <laughs> <laughs> You're a real barnyard exhibit. <laughs> Sheep size. <laughs> yep. <laughs> piggy friends. <laughs> piggy friends. No and good shit. at all in bed. <laughs> When's the last time you were a man in our bedroom? <laughs> That's what I think is amazing, that that aspect, that Henry comes to the conclusion that I'm not just helping my friend here. I'm going to take this opportunity to have this fucking cunt destroyed. Yeah. Raised from existence. They add his depth to it and, and put in the, the whole friendship story, you know, a strong friendship bond and this, you know, added side story if I can get rid of my bitch of a wife. <laughs> yeah, and I don't think it's homosexual. I think... That that look that that the exchanging look is that he's close with him. They're they're good buddies, and he knows the hell. Yeah. No, I mean I, I was just quoting some theories I had read. I I believe me, I wouldn't care if it was either way. I I, I never don't really, care. I don't I, thought it. I never thought it was, but uh, I don't. You know, it, Not on the professor's just, side. I think the professor. It's well. I mean, he's women. He's hitting on a woman, but I think you might have something on. The dude that kills his wife. I, I forget the characters' names. I Harry, Harry, Henry, because he Henry. Wants, <laughs> want, he wants her dead. He finds her horribly annoying. He just wants to sit and play chess, and that's all he has a concern for. And he seems a little annoyed when the professor's talking to that woman, the younger. You know why? Because they allude to that. His wife passed away, and since then he's had troubles with other co-eds. He doesn't want to see him get in trouble, and. He and because and, and he begins to say something, but Billy interrupts and he goes, you know, because he, he goes, I take it you won't be available for chess tonight. He says and he goes, well, and, and the way Dex was about to explain himself, he was even disappointed himself. He goes, you know, I'm just to the point now that, and then they get interrupted. So it's almost like he's disappointed with what he had, what he's res- resorted to. Although, I mean, fuck, I'm, I'd be jealous of him. Honestly, he's fucking, he, he's nailing girls half his age, like whatever. <laughs> You know what I mean? And nowadays that would never fly because it's a different world and he's a professor and they're students. But I'm just saying. For the, Thanks, you know. Bill Cosby. <laughs> yeah, like, that's what I read into that. That's that horrible. He hasn't coped well. His wife passed away and this is what he's doing to cope with that loss. So he's dealing with struggles of his own. Even though he's getting laid by younger girls, it, it, it's more, he's not happy about it. And I think Henry knows that he's not happy about it. And then obviously Dex knows that Henry's not happy with his marriage with Billy. Because, you know, what the fuck? Look at that woman. She's fucking wretched. <laughs> good God. Uh, she's so good. I mean, what an actress. Holy fuck. She does great in this role. But Yeah, she does. She's so good that, you know, you hate her. 
because there's nothing redeeming about her. She is wretched. She is fucking vile. Dex is also a great his performance in this, especially when he's break when he's cracking up when he when he gets back to to, to Henry's. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's I just, guess he got his chance. <laughs> I guess he got his. <laughs> yeah, he's talking about measure, Charlie measuring the bite mark. <laughs> <laughs> he said he wanted to measure the bite mark. I guess he got his chance. <laughs> oh, How about Wilma putting her liquor in milk? That's nasty. What's that, a white Russian? No, she, but I don't know what she was... It wasn't Kahlua. She was just pouring liquor directly into milk. That's what she was always drinking. Ooh. She's just fucking vile. Such a good portrayal, because she's a... Did you see her in the interview? She's such a sweetheart, man. Yeah, she is. <laughs> Nothing like that character. Right, right. And, and pretty girl and everything else. And man, but... Holy fuck. But I don't know. I, I can't buy into what you guys are saying about... I, to me, that's the, the beauty of this perform Of this particular chapter is the way it all comes to pass and how how, how they bounce back and forth. I, I, I'm not bored for a second. I, I don't think there's anything you could cut. Years ago, I would have 100% agreed, but now uh, it's like I grow to appreciate it more and more. Maybe because I had a, a marriage at one time to someone that was like Billy. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. You're fantasizing Maybe. about <laughs> feeding her to, to Fluffy. And I would have, too. <laughs> you know what it is? It would have been shorter if, obviously, if it's just one male character, because then it would have stayed at the uh, at the university, and then the whole plan would have been concocted there rather than back and forth and interaction there, even though that seems great. So it just would have been tighter. You know what it seems like to me? This is a short story meant to be read by Stephen King. If you look at this story, don't you think you could see this on pages of a book and, and read it and, you know, and think it was brilliant? Or no? I mean, yeah, no, that's I'm, what I get. I, I agree with that. It's almost less suited for film. I can, In a way, I can see where you guys are coming from in the context of, of, a, of a comic book movie where it's a little long-winded in certain ways. But I guess to me it's not, but I can see where, you, where you're coming from. But it seems to me like if this was a novel or a short story, I should say, that it would be great just to read it in a book. And they, again, they keep the lighting motif going they keep the backdrops the comic book backdrops going oh. again i mean it, 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 from that regard i mean everything is fine i just i do find it a little long-winded i'm with that's you a, just a little bit that's a fair criticism I, I mean you guys both feel that way I, and one time i did so i mean what can i say the kills are great though huh fucking when charlie is in there and his fucking his face gets ripped off oh, oh yeah all that stuff and Billy at the end, <laughs> when he's trying to set it up, and he, this is going to be an entirely new experience. He tells her he gets dirty, he pushes her up against the thing, and he's, he starts to he's slow shaking down. her, he's shaking yeah. her, right? <laughs> and he starts to slow down, he's going back and forth. And when the thing doesn't wake up, <laughs> the way he peters out real slow, he's moving her fucking hands. Oh, it's great. He's like, Oh, that's just great, Henry. That's just great. <laughs> Yeah. hasn't eaten in like years and years and years and suddenly it devours three people in one night too it's comic booky i understand but hey, it is like, what it is it's not yeah. meant to be examined that way but yeah i i do think it is funny okay how about when that kid though when he goes when charlie in the beginning the student is like i'm just gonna he goes they're gonna think you're off on a hell of a toot he's like <laughs> they'll think we're both on a hell of a toot and then he tries to blow him off he's like I'm gonna go over here and see where the land, see how the land lays. <laughs> and when the guy gets killed, the fucking Mike, the janitor, 
and the blood runs down and no. causes freaking the uh, the outlet to freaking the electricity to blow. <laughs> yeah. Do you think that would happen? I never thought about that. Do you think blood, because it's a liquid, could actually cause electricity to fucking blow like that? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, probably, I guess. It's one for Mythbusters, I guess. All right, well, I guess uh, we don't want this to be too as long-winded as the uh, as the film is. <laughs> I guess we can move on unless you guys have something else. Nah, interestingly enough, the next one I would always skip as a kid. I would never really? watch. I would never watch the last one only because I was terrified of bugs and insects. It does freak me the fuck out. And you know what? This almost didn't make it. They had to beg them to do it. They had to make some budget cuts. They had to get the cockroaches from somewhere else. They had to yeah. be in an apartment, a regular apartment. They had to make build a studio apartment where everything was white and they had to. Yeah, you know what? That yeah. I. When I heard about that, that it was supposed to be just like a regular looking penthouse, I, I think it would have been even more terrifying because this oh, looks shit. almost like a futuristic sci-fi lab that he's living in. Oh, but I love how they, I love that. I love that. And this yeah. creeped me out. I skipped it too, Brandon. It's so funny that you said that when I was a kid, because I, some time. kid, when I went skiing, some kid had the comic book from back in the day. So the original version. And he let me flip through it. And when I got to that last one with the cockroaches, it's, I started gagging <laughs> reading the comic book. Yeah. So wow. I had no... So when I started getting into horror, I was very weary about watching that one. And the effects did live up to gag-inducing quality. So the first time I watched this, maybe even the second time, I, I would have to like kind of shy look, look the other way because of when the cockroaches sort of explode out of them. This is creep show. Yeah, this is definitely creep show, and E.G. Marshall's great. He's su he's he's such a prick in this, but man, is he funny? Oh, another one. <laughs> yeah, another one where it, it, it's it's <laughs> another Leslie Nielsen type. Of one. By the way, where did you yeah. get my private number? I don't give a fuck if you decide to take the kids to Attica. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Next year you can take your kids to, to Disneyland on your fucking welfare check. <laughs> <laughs> Go out and fuck somebody, but wear a rubber. Everyone's got the damn herpes these days. Everybody's got the damn... <laughs> I like when he calls Mrs. Katzenmeyer. He's like, Mrs. Katzenjammer? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Norman Katzenmeyer killed himself tonight. Oh, that's fucking great. Never run good news into the ground, he tells us. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Now we won't have to offer the old bastard a seat on the porch. <laughs> he is fucking great. Another perfect character for this. Another vile fucking human being that gets his comeuppance. What a trooper to do this, because I there's no way. I don't, you could offer me all the money in the world. There's no way I could ever film this segment. Even the people on the crew were talking about how they didn't want to do it, but after a while they got so used to it because they had, you know, hundreds of thousands of these cockroaches. I, I couldn't do it either, man. That, it, I don't think I could oh. do it. Some, some of those fuckers were huge. Oh, my gosh. Oh, they were. They were disgusting-looking. Oh, but I love the futuristic uh, penthouse. Me too. The whole yes. super clean, everything white. The guy's a germaphobe. I think it, it adds a whole other element. So I, I love it. And, and oh. it, it's sort it's of just... half crazed. Like they kind of explained the craziness in this one. There's that cr weird little power outage. Yeah. And then yeah. all hell breaks loose and everything sort of starts up again. I, 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 I think this is a perfect final segment. I don't dis I don't dislike that futuristic setting. I just feel like it would have been more effective and even creepier had it been a everyday penthouse, you know, looking living room, looking kitchen that we lived in as kids, you know, oh, at that I time. I couldn't disagree more. Yeah. I, really? Wow. Yeah, I'll tell you why. Because 
half of like of what Christian says, the story of him being a germaphobe and everything else adds to it. But the look of it, everything is white. You can see every follicle, every leg on every cockroach. You're not going to see that in a house. It's just going to be a regular apartment. You're just going to see, you know, you'll see cockroaches on the couch and they'll blend in with it. But here where everything is just white, it, it just makes everything... It, it does make the, it does make the roaches pop more, but it just looks oh. too futuristic for me. I don't think it's supposed to. The intent is futuristic. It's the he wants everything white because he's a germaphobe. He wants to see everything. Yeah, he's got the you know the bright lights. He probably keeps yeah. it freezing in there. He's all bundled up, you know, just so no insects could even survive in there. But yet he's infested anyway. Which it's crazy, but and thirty two hundred dollars a month in nineteen eighty two for a fucking germ proof apartment. How can it be germ proof when it isn't even bump proof? <laughs> He's fucking, fucking out, man. Another really. twisted character. I love the way he compares, you know, the bugs to, to basically the people he's destroyed in business over the years. Yes. And this is just old it's just great parallel for him getting his comeuppance at the uh at the legs of the cockroaches. <laughs> When we were reviewing this on Postmortem, and the reason I bring this up again is because I don't know if it was Kenny as well, but I remember, I believe Oz said, at this point he got a little tired and wasn't really into this segment. It may have been Kenny. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Because I, I, I love this segment so much. And again, to me, it's very fast-paced. Pretty much a one-person show, because you're although you see an eyeball at, like the, at the door, and you hear voices through phone uh phone conversations and whatnot it's pretty much one character through the whole thing yes i mean it is one character through the whole thing not pretty much yeah that's it you 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 only hear voices you see white a little bit when you know the you know but that's it you, you, you see white for like fucking 30 seconds you know what i mean you just hear his voice and the other people you just hear are just voices over the phone and that's all you need i mean yeah. this guy it's just performance he's just fucking an asshole, and he's bugging out. The cereal shit is fucking... Uh, it Ugh. grosses me out. 100% when it's in the mixer, and oh, when it's in the freaking it's... box. Oh my gosh. Oh, I mean, everybody can relate to this one. That's something else. Nobody wants fucking roaches in their house. Nobody wants roaches in their food. You know what I mean? Come on. I, I don't know how you couldn't relate to this one and have it freak you out. Some people are more scared than others. But I Oh, mean, this one's terrible. That's the only reason I never watched it as a kid. I just physically could not bring myself to sit down and watch this because I was so terrified of, of insects and bugs. Not that it doesn't creep me out now, but I, I could watch it now. I mean, mm -hmm. I walked out of arachnophobia in the movie theater when I was younger. Wow. I've never walked out of a movie. I, I couldn't watch it anymore. It must have been the yeah. thrillometer getting to you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, when oh, he man. pulls the bedding away oh. to reveal the cockroaches there. <sighs> yeah. Ooh. Horrified. Oh. And then only to, um, yeah, the, the reveal of him is a gag, no pun intended. I mean, all the cockroaches was just manifested inside of him, but that's the big payoff. And that is single-handedly what made me want to see this movie when I read that comic and saw that, even though I knew it was, I wouldn't be able to watch it. So it's what intrigued me. And I guess this is what horror is all about, right? We're intrigued by something we know we don't want to see. <laughs> <laughs> some, some people run away from that and that's why they're not into horror at all and that's what drives us towards it so I knew I was going to be grossed out by it but I needed to see the movie there's a bit of nostalgia there that drive that driving force and, and why I, I love this segment to this day because I yeah. just could not watch it when I was younger I still bury my head in the Chesterfield <laughs> <laughs> nice 
<laughs> awesome. Is that right? Did I use that right? You did use it right. You <laughs> okay. Nice. <laughs> and the music. I can only think of bugs when I hear their music. It just speaks <laughs> fucking creepy crawlies to me. Oh, my God. It's just creepy. Like, my fucking skin crawls. Watching it. It's, it's out of control, man. Old Norman uh, went out with a bang. <laughs> Can't fire him. Yeah. Can't fire him. <laughs> He's fucking great. Oh, what a character, yeah. man. It's always, you know, it's impressive when you see actors doing, like, one, basically one-man performances or one-woman performances because they just, they can't be easy. And to be that convincing and that good, right. it's uh, it's it's quite impressive. This one I, I've grown to really enjoy. I mean, because, again, like I said, I didn't watch it a lot as a kid because I was terrified of it. And, and now the more I watch it, I think I like it more each time I watch it. Yeah, yeah I love it. I feel the way about the whole film, to be honest. Nice. Even though it, it it does it, I mean, it does run over two hours or just about two hours. So it it is kind of long. But when you look at it, five stories, even at what twenty five minutes a piece, even though they're not all that long. No, it, it, after after three, you're at the hour mark, and the last two take up take up. Yeah. Hour. So I think yeah. like the, the I think like uh, the crate is probably like. Yeah, close to forty minutes, and then this. Is like that's minutes. the thing. That that's yeah. the one that that could be cut down. That that you know, Christian and I were saying. I wish I could figure out what I would cut, though. I don't know, but that's another story. But I, I've always felt that, so I know where you're coming from. But that's why I think it's placed in, in the right spot. It's after an hour, you get into that, and then. Yeah. Just, I mean, this almost feels like it's tacked on at the end. So I can see what Kenny was saying because of the if he's not used to watching two-hour movies, maybe I don't know, you know. It, yeah, I, well, I can't remember if it was Kenny or Oz, but I remember them saying by this point they they didn't they didn't need to have another one. I'm like, what? But it's such a great, great finale. Other than I think the Oz made around, a obviously. mistake. I'm sorry, what? Other than the finale, other than the um, the wraparound, obviously. Yeah. Oh shit. Maybe we should get back into the wraparound. Do you have anything else for this one? Nope. Bastards. Bastards. <laughs> He's <fucking> great. <laughs> oh shit. So yeah, back to the wraparound. We get a. Uh... Little Billy and um, how great is that though? Like, what does he say? <laughs> what the uh, you know Tom Atkins is hurting, his neck is hurting, and um, what doesn't she say something that, that you should put something on your body? What was it? Was it Bengay? How long? <laughs> Fuck. Nobody got my old joke from no. the from the eighties. There was a joke from the eighties when we were kids. Somebody was oh, to how say. Long. Yes, ben, someone would ben get someone to say Ben Gay, and the other guy would say, "How long?" <laughs> I don't know. I okay. I just got it now. <laughs> Savini's Savini's. What does he yell? The comic book. Yeah, because he's got the fucking. That's my least. I hate that part. I it pisses me off. I want to punch him right in the face yeah. every time he says that. Oh, it's so funny. It's true to life. You never had that happen. Like have headphones on, and then somebody yells so many times, and then maybe Please. the music stopped, and then he fucking. He didn't know why he was yelling, so he's making fun of him. Yeah, I just I didn't like it. I don't know why it bugs me every time I see it. I want to punch him because he's screaming right in the guy's face. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I think it's hysterical. The, the other part that I think is weird though is when he fucking he bashes the back of the thing and goes, "Chew your food before you swallow." <laughs> <laughs> the trash compactor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I can't believe you guys don't like that. It's a comic I, book. <laughs> I don't. I don't like the way he no, yells at that. Totally fucking annoying. It's very obnoxious. Yeah. 
That's exactly it. <laughs> I like Savini, but not there. Yeah. I would not ask for his autograph if he did that to me. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever got his autograph, I would ask him to write that all in all caps. It's a comic, comic book. <laughs> on my with, cream show comic book. With yes. 50 exclamation marks. Uh, Just to spite you guys, that's what I would do. <laughs> when we have that party. Now, that's uh, cool when they're flipping through, though, and they're looking at all the... Uh, the gag stuff to get to buy, and they see that the uh, the voodoo doll's missing. Authentic voodoo doll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's great stuff. Yeah. How about at the very end, again with fucking this kid, the way he talks. What do you think he says? The last line of the film. You guys remember the the you know little Billy? I, oh, I thought you were gonna play a clip. I hit pause. I thought you. Were <laughs> oh no 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 no! Because it's not that big a thing. I can't like... remember. What does he say? It's I always thought to me he says instead of he should be saying dad, but it sounds like he's saying doc and he goes, Have another shot, doc? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, okay, yeah. When he's Why poking he when he's poking doc? it. He's poking it, what do you say? When he's poking the doll. Yes. Yeah. How about another shot, doc? It sounds like he says doc when he should be saying Yeah, dad. his speech his speech is weird. Yes. On, on some of the words. He he must be saying dad, but yeah. It's always, I don't know, I, I just always, it doesn't bother me, I just always think of it every time I see it. How about another shot, Doc? <laughs> he was probably talking funny because he was watching his father talk like Jordy uh, for three weeks and he started talking funny. <laughs> I don't know, I don't know, it's ridiculous though. But anyway. It, it's a good, it's a good film, it's a great film. It's fucking fantastic, it's like I said, it's the best acted Romero. It's the perfect storm. You have Tom Savini for the first time, really. Like he, he instead of being Mister Slasher, he's he he got to do different things and, and build, yeah, and build a zombie and and do different things where it wasn't slasher kills and, and things like that. He he was trying to branch out into something yeah, else. Yeah, it was and, it was more creatures in this one, and it's it was really well done. Man, like impressive. The, the Prowler and then this and and Day of the Dead, like all in a row. Like yeah. I want to say the Prowler was the end of 81. Like it was after Maniac and it, 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 obviously Maniac was 80. And then The Burning was 80. I think The Prowler came last. We should know we covered them all, but either way. I mean, I think those three movies in a row were just uh, all, all his best work. Everything he did, I think is great. But I mean, you have George Romero, you have Stephen King writing, Savini with the makeup, uh, Richard Rubenstein, who's fucking done, done so many good things on the production side, and that that soundtrack, man, John Harrison, I can't stress it enough, it's fucking awesome. It really is. Like, take that soundtrack out, and you'll see what a big deal it is. And I think it's very underrated. Nobody ever talks about it. But, man, I think it's, it's just perfect. And, you know, no surprise for me, 10, 10 out of 10. I fucking love the film. I love the film as well. And if I actually averaged out my ratings, I would probably come in at just under a nine. But I have given this a 10 out of 10 in the past. I do believe you, if you look at it as a package, the whole film, and not just by rating individual segments and then doing the average, then I still will say that I'll give it a 9.5 out of 10. Yeah, the whole is better than the sum of its parts. Just basically. like Trick or Treat. Same thing yeah. I said about Trick or Treat. If, I, if we would have done Trick or Treat and I would have rated it on each one, because I don't think every fucking thing in, in that is a 10 out of 10 either. But the presentation and the atmosphere is 
amazing. So I, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Both films. And, and I'm I'm at a nine out of ten. So it's it still makes the Hall of Fame. But I actually came up because I was always in the eight eight and a half range for Creep Show because I didn't enjoy certain segments. But I've really grown to to appreciate them all, even though I have critiques for for some of them. Nice. Well, I'm just happy it's in the hall. Nice. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It deserves to be. It does. Fuck yeah, dude. Damn, I love this film. Ah, shit. Okay. Well, I guess we're going to go on to part two. Part two. Let's do it. Very, very interested to hear what you guys have to say about part two. Okay. Creepshow 2 from 1987. Written by George Romero and Stephen King stories. Directed by Michael Gornick. Three more bone-chilling tales that include a vengeful wooden Native American, a monstrous blob in a lake, and a hitchhiker who wants revenge and will not die. Michael Gornick. Cinematographer for Dawn of the Dead, Creep Show, and Day of the Dead. And Martin. And Martin. Thank and, you. And Night Riders. Yeah, I just no. I looked them up once you said who is Michael Gornick. Three movies, and I'm talking about Dawn Day and Creep Show, that I love and that are all shot really well and have an interesting color palette and lots of cool things. So the fact that he directed this movie and there is no real color palette or anything like that is kind of disappointing, surprising to me. The, I don't know. Okay, I, I hear you. I mean, it doesn't follow the same comic book idea from the frames idea At from all. Creepshow. It has the animated segment to kind of t- carry us through. I've fluctuated with this movie in the sense of like, I've never hated it, but it's definitely not on par with the original. However, I feel like it's a solid continuation. I don't think it's far off from the original, to be honest. And the only reason why it's not up there with the original is one of the stories doesn't hold up for me. But, uh, you know, I thought the beginning was pretty true to the original. You get the creep again, delivering comics. You got Billy and you have, uh, the flipping of the comic book showing actually all the all the stories that are going to be shown in the movie. I, when the credits roll, the actual credits, when it starts, and you get that that music. Which I think that that is what's done by um, oh, Wakeman, because uh, Rick Wakeman was given some of it, and then there was some other guy who did the rest. I think Wakeman did that part, because that's the only sound, that's the only part of the soundtrack I like. I'm starting off with a negative just because we just finished with such a big positive. The thing is, for me, everything great about the original Creep Show is just not present here. You don't have that soundtrack. You don't have the lighting. You don't have the comic book stuff going on here, the transitions. All of that stuff, you have. You started off a movie, one of the most original movies ever made, period, with all that great stuff going on, and you follow it up with, a pale imitation. You got to remember, though, the budget on this one was even less than half of the original. True. I'm not necessarily blaming everybody involved. I'm just saying I wish they would have done a little bit more. I don't know. Even when the movie begins, it looks like any other movie. The first thing you see is the side of a building and a truck pulling up. It could be the beginning of any fucking movie in the 90s or the late 80s. It's just, oh, you, come the, on. You could have said the same thing about Creepshow. It was literally a house with a, with a pumpkin in the, in the front window. Yeah, but the music comes in right away, and you get atmosphere the first second it begins. Boom, boom, boom. Immediately, you're thrust into the world of Creepshow, where this, it's like anything else. I think the stories speak for themselves, though. The stories are fine. They're more straightforward, but you don't get anything 
where you have a strong villain like you do. You don't get an, an E.G. Marshall and fucking they're creeping up on you. You don't get uh, a Leslie Nielsen uh, in, in something to tide you over or Adrian Barbeau in the crate. You don't get any of that in this film. I am not going to shit on the movie. I'm just telling you off the bat when this movie begins, especially after coming off the original, it's a noticeable drop for me. That's all I'm saying. Funny enough, I watched this one first for this show. And I was I was surprised at how much I was enjoying it. It's a faster paced movie. Again, it's only mm-hmm. an hour and a half. I mean, I guess the high quality actor is what's his face in the first segment. Yeah, George I, Kennedy. It yeah. does play off a little TV-esque. Yes. The music, the credits, yes. the the dialogue, everything kind of comes across more TV movie quality until it kind of kicks into high gear. It's a little bit too heavy-handed with the, the happy-go-lucky music and are my people. We we are indebted to you. I but, think Old Chief Woodenhead is, is probably the most touching of all the uh, creep show stories. Well, they tried to. I just think that they yeah. went a little heavy-handed with the music. I think that, too. Uh, I like George Kennedy and uh, and his wife. Good I day, like Martha Spruce. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Good day, Benjamin. Oh, shit. But I love the look of uh, of the chief, man. Oh, my God. When he comes to life. Oh, my God. That's awesome. I do, too. Very straightforward. All of them here, especially. I mean, and even the first one, everything's very straightforward. The first one's all straight. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say. Like, the first movie, they're all straightforward. This is no different than you read. We're talking about reading an EC comic book. Okay. Yeah. Bad bad was done to good people. The chief exacts revenge. I agree with Brandon that the the scenes where he comes back to life are really well done. I I want a bust of Chief Woodenhead. I I I want a big bust, but I can't find anything. I think I would have liked to see Impact. When he's holding the guy with the long hair, because they built yes. up on that hair so much that when you see the knife come down and it cuts away, I didn't think it was. I think you, you just needed to see something. You knew what he was gonna do, but, but that scream, that yes. scream he does, right? But oh my god, that's yep. probably that's terrifying and awesome yep. at the same time. It's fucking haunting. Yeah, I love it. Yes, I love that scream, and I love the scream that Chief wouldn't have had himself that lets out when he first comes to life and he goes. But Sam White Moon scream. Ah! Uh, it's fucking oh, it's awesome. And Sam White Moon is by far the best character in this entire thing for me. He's awesome. Over here, lady. Over here, lady. Oh, he's fucking <laughs> great. I love him. This hair is gonna get me paid and laid. Oh, I fucking he. He's he's my favorite character in this whole thing. You didn't like fat stuff? <laughs> <laughs> fat stuff. That fucking dumb bastard. I gotta take my slave with me everywhere I go. He's fucking great, Sam. I tell ya. Uh, but yeah, they, of course they're all straightforward. They are. Um, it's just a little more noticeable, I guess, in this one. I don't know. I enjoyed it. I actually enjoy all three segments here. There's not a lot to say about them. You're right. I enjoy two of the three. Right. I used to enjoy all three. I used to love this movie more than I do now. In fact, I've even made reference that I used to like Creepshow 2 more than part one. But I think percentage-wise now, if I'm adding up the stories, two of the three hold up for me here, whereas pretty much all five of them in the original I enjoy. 
Whereas yep. one in here, I, I I really just it didn't hold up, and it was actually the scariest one for me again when I was younger. <laughs> because it's two one. Would be the raft, but uh, nope. no, it's nope. the hitchhiker. Nope. Really? It is because it's two yeah, one notes. It's right? the hitchhiker. The hitchhiker just did not hold up for me. Because it's two one note. That's my guess. That's the reason why. Correct? It, it's, it's the same it's, thing over. It's, it's very one note. It's the same yeah. thing over and over. And what they should have done with the, with the creep that with the hitchhiker that they didn't. I, I don't know why I never noticed this. Is that they didn't give him a creepy voice. He just had his so, regular yeah. voice the whole but at the very end oh, when he's like a skeleton. Time. He finally had the creepy. He should have had it the whole time. I agree with that. But yeah. then at that, but then again, it makes that last scene so impactful when he does it because it's fucking. Scary. Yeah, but you know what? It, it dragged. It. it dragged on for too long. It's like okay. Dude, I knew you were gonna say that because that was my problem for years. For years, that one didn't hold up for like the last like ten years. And this time around, I was okay with it. It's we're, not always, like, we're always opposite. It's so funny. Yeah, but I feel where you're coming from. I, yeah. I felt what you have felt before. That's what I'm saying. It's like we always say a movie's only as good as the last time you watched it. Yeah, I've yeah. noticed. That happens, like experiences you are having now. It's weird. As a kid, as a nine, ten-year-old kid, thanks for the ride, lady, was a catchphrase of mine. Me too. Me and my friends. It was For us, it was comedy. Thanks for the ride, lady. For us, it was, I I don't know, we we probably used it as a joking matter, but it would scare the shit out of me because I would equate it with with the hitchhiker, and it terrified me. But here, it just did not hold up. Whereas Old Chief Woodenhead, I'd learned to appreciate it more just because of the... uh, you know, the story of the people and, and, and him avenging the spruces and then him finally being able to, to rest, you know, rest in the afterlife after avenging them and, you know, moving on. It was just, I was very touching. It was I a nice, say, nice little segment. To add to what you're saying, I would say that there's no other way to present these three stories. I think this is the perfect presentation of it with Chief Woodenhead first, the Raft second, and thanks for the Hitchhiker third. I think that's I the perfect progression for this film I, I i don't think the movie would work in any other order yeah you put, you put the hitchhiker first and the and chief whatever's face the last <laughs> i don't think it would work i don't think it would have the same impact i think this is how the movie needs to be presented to you i agree 100 percent. isn't that strange i can't think of any other anthology where it has to be this way <laughs> like you can sometimes you could switch two around and sometimes you say this one has to open this one has to finish I've said that before in anthologies, but this one, I, you're right. I can't see it any other way working. It, it, yeah, I think it is. I think it's the right order when I think this about one, it. It starts slow, and that's my critique of this one: is that it takes a little too long to get going in Chief Woodenhead. Yes, and I, I, I would agree. And again, it just—I I noted. I'm like, I'm liking it. But I'm finding it a little, and I, I keep using the term heavy-handed, but it was just the music was so sweepy, yes. so sweepy, happy. And then oh, no, it was just like, okay, we get it. And the dialogue and everything, it was just a little yep. too much. However, it's touching. It is touching, Brandon. I agree. And which is why that the revenge is so sweet and why yeah. it, it, the second half is fantastic in it. And the kills. I mean, I love, even though you don't really see the first kill with the axe, I love the shadow. Yeah, that they show. Yes. That's awesome. And then the aftermath, and uh, of course, Fatso gets like what, like three or four hours put through him. Yeah, it's all good. It's it's here's what it is. It takes too long to get going, and then the massacre happens too quick. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like the kids getting killed in Nightmare Four. The, the massacre <laughs> is a little <laughs> quick, but there's there's only three of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I think there's a there could have been a better balance in there where that could have played out a little bit longer, and the beginning could have done, taken 
a little quicker time. Like there, it was a long. They could have got to the point with um the original guy. I forget his name. Benjamin. Uh, what's his name? Spruce. But Benjamin Spruce comes in. Oh no, Benjamin a, White Moon. You're talking about Benjamin the White Moon. Yeah, Sam's relative. Yeah, Sam's uncle. Yeah. So Benjamin White Moon comes in and and he gives them their their freaking airport junk jewelry. And so this is uh you know something very valuable and uh, that whole thing. I like that setup though, because that that made it that fun. made it uh, you know more believable as to why he's not turning over this. This, I mean, they say it's ten thousand dollars worth of jewelry, but it yeah. didn't look very valuable. But why he won't turn it over and why he's hesitant, and why ultimately you know, Sam Sam shoots them. But doesn't it seem like I, I correct me if I'm wrong, but doesn't it seem like Sam shot Martha by accident? Yes, he definitely did. He did, right? Okay. I'm not crazy. It, the gun went no, off by accident. It on his face, and by the way, she go, oh, the way she goes down, too, is fucking... Oh, uh, man. Well, the way like she gets shot in the side, and then you see the blood just come uh, through like every part of her body. Ugh. It's heartbreaking. And you it see the old man walk closer, and then he gets shot because he's so dead. Shuffle closer. Yeah, yeah, he, shuffle. yeah, it was such a great performance he did. Very I subtle. <laughs> Here's really the thing. Fun. Everything when Benjamin comes in there and on is fine. The the fifteen minutes of setup, which could have been set up in five minutes, yes, is, right. That's it. And the they could have put another segment in instead. It was like, like watching I, Gunsmoke. Long conversations. <laughs> and, and I, I agree. I agree. Put trim that down. Put another small segment in, but like after the raft into the final uh, finale, four segments or something in in this movie. I think that would have really helped. The film it's a slow start for me that's what i'm saying as soon as the movie begins the thing with the creep compared to part one i don't see the comic book and, and the soundtrack stuff right away so i'm like eh. and then you could you could flip me and, and start off with a killer freaking way to start it and it starts off with a, a like a lull for 10 minutes in this conversation with these two old people it was just a little it's just the way it begins and like we said it has to begin this way as far as the three are concerned but it's just it lulls me into it where Creepshow 1, uh, um, I'm thrown right into it. it. But anyway, I don't want to keep comparing. I'm just saying. I do I enjoy I, I think if, when you look at Father's Day, you know, you get, I mean, even though I love Father's Day, I think it's sort of very similar in the sense that it's a lot of setup before before the yes. whiskey spilled and, and, you know, Nathan comes back. Yes, but the difference is we have comic book, everything going on in colors and everything they talk about. They're you're, you're jumping all over the place. They're flashing back and forth. And uh, yeah. showing what they're talking about. So you liked all the eye candy more. You wanted more eye candy. Whereas I don't I didn't mind this sort of like faded out look to it because that's, you know, basically what they were going for. This washed up town. It, it seems like you're almost watching an old Western. Yeah, but you <laughs> could have they could have incorporated the comic book more with that. Right. Well, like, they could have done that with all of them, with yeah. all of, with all sure. the stories in this one. To be honest, they, they they you know they they cut into them and cut out of them at the end with it, but they didn't include it in in any segment in the middle like they did with you know some of the others. It felt like Freddy's Nightmares or Tales from the Dark Side or something. That's what the first one felt like for a while. It was like low budget feeling and looking, and I don't know. It just I'm not shitting on it. I there is not a single thing. And either of the first two creep shows that that are below average to me, so I'm fine with it. I'm just you know. Yeah, to yeah to come up with anything below average would be, nah, I couldn't do that. And that no. final shot, that final shot in that first segment with the chief holding the scalp. Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Fantastic. I love him putting on the war paint with the blood. I love yes. I, yeah. man. I love walking. Chief Woodhead. He's an intriguing character. Dude, when he's walking, I don't know how they do it, but they make him sound wooden, and he looks. Yeah. Like 
almost this like creaking going on and stuff. It, it's really cool when he's walking. I, I and it's terrifying when he gets the one guy. He breaks through the wall. And oh, when off. he breaks through the wall is fantastic. Well, I, I love it. I love all yeah. this stuff. It just takes a little time to get going. But the best ten minutes of the whole thing actually is the robbery for me with Sam White Moon and his fucking skills on the mic. He's great. He should he should have been like a wrestling character in the fucking eighties yeah. or something. He was great. I'm telling you. Uh, everything that comes out of his mouth is great. <laughs> I, well, I love what a Sam career Martin. he's had too. Like, uh, who is he? he? He was in a ton of David Fincher films. Really? Yeah. News to me. Why well, I didn't even know this boy. Yeah. yeah. This wow. Guy, yeah. No. This, he's not he really needed. He went on to become a a, a well known not I won't say well known but a, a you know an actor who's done a lot of stuff. I don't think he's really Native American either. He was just playing one here. No, he's not. He's not Native American. Yeah, isn't that something? He, he was born in New York. <laughs> Mindhunter oh. was is the new show that he he did on uh, I believe it's Netflix. Uh, yeah. My wife loved it. Yeah, and I didn't even know it was him when I was researching the movie. I'm like, holy shit! <laughs> wow. And then I that's when I realized he was in so many so many flicks. He's got 80 credits on IMDb. Wow. Sam Whitemore. Yeah, including like one, two, three, four, five that are either completed or in post-production right now. So 80, 80 credits, and Creepshow was his second credit ever. So he made it to Hollywood. She he wouldn't did. have didn't he, win. Got, he got paid and laid, you know? <laughs> he got paid and laid. How many women were waiting to rub his hair between their thighs? You know? <laughs> Tons. <laughs> he was uh... right. He paid it, and I'm happy for him. He's great. Okay. Two questions though. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this down. They make such a big fucking deal about being quiet. Remember when they're getting after they do the stuff and the way Sam goes outside, they're looking and they're they're trying not to be discovered because they just committed fucking murder, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. After they're when they're getting ready to leave, they're looking around. They're they're trying to be quiet. And they're trying to be inconspicuous. And then they are they? And then not just yeah. that, fucking he shoots a gun yeah. and no pussy ass redman either, and he's fucking blowing off a gun like. What the fuck? You just went against everything you were trying not to do, right? In the middle of the fucking, in the street. And then, that's my first question. My other question is this. How does Benjamin White Moon know what happened at the end of the film? All he does is go there and see Chief Woodenhead with a scalp. How does he fucking know who and why? He just accepts it. Oh, now you can rest easy. <laughs> He's like the wise Indian leader of his tribe. He knows. He's got a connection with Chief Woodenhead. I just bought, I just so, bought it. I never I never it's I did too, Brandon. I never questioned it either. Like it's just that that's like movie magic. He's the old wise chief that's okay. not woodenhead. He's not he's the old wise chief, not woodenhead. <laughs> chief Fleshhead. <laughs> one's wood, one's flesh. What do you want? You know? <laughs> yeah, I thought that was kind of In ridiculous. In terms of the be, being quiet, you know, I I don't they were making a ruckus the whole time. I didn't even really notice that, but that is contradictory to. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Hey, when I watch for a review, I critique. I have to look at things like that. And those are the two things I picked up on. But I thought the other one was a bigger deal. Benjamin's going to go there the next day to repay him or visit him or whatever the fuck. He sees that the Indian scalps somebody. That's it. He doesn't walk in to see. How does he know that fucking George Kennedy's wife are even dead? He was going he there wake, to visit. He wakes, up, he wakes up with the jewels back in his bed. So he knows that they're dead. He knows. He dreamt it. He's a wise chief. Okay, I will go. You know how that. they, you know how they always present the Indian tribes in in these movies where they're, you know, like all knowing. They'll they'll trip on peyote and and see God or you know or see a spirit. 
Okay. If you're happy with it, that that's good enough. Yeah, I'm absolutely on board. I don't know the, right. the the culture behind it, but I totally felt like it was a a higher power. All that, right. Uh, that was at work there. All right, that's fair. Okay, <laughs> can we move on, or we got more here? The raft. The raft. This is just a fun. This is a fun segment. Hell yeah, it is. It is also, fun. Also scary. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's he, there's some cheesy head rapey. There's some cheesiness <laughs> to it, but that's all part of the fun. Like literally, car drives up, college kids get out, swim they in the raft. Fifty miles to go there. Yeah. It's, it's just to go like to the that. Ti- seems a little yeah. weird. Yeah. It didn't seem like the type of place you drive fifty miles to go to. Like they could have oh, found yeah. water closer to them. <laughs> They and again, the, the wacky editing, uh, editing, the wacky acting here works kind of for it. I don't really question like why, like the acting's a little off. You just kind of go with it, and they go, they smoke up a bit. I've always thought that that damn oil slick just looked like a garbage bag floating on the top of the water. Isn't that what it was made out of? Garbage I don't bag? know, but that's what it looks like. I I'm pretty sure I told somebody while watching that movie that the effects were that it was made out of just garbage bags because that's it, it is that's exactly what it looks like and yet it's effective because the scene where it pulls that duck under man that's like ooh it's like foreshadowing what's about to happen it's well, terrifying the single-handedly had the the craziest effect that freaked me out is when when I first saw it too which is when the guy gets pulled down and his leg snaps back oh. You know what? That that that's a great scene. But I always, I, for me, I go back to the first kill to Rachel when she comes up and she reaches her hand out. Oh, that's that, unsettling. That, yeah, that's such like, a, like to me. That's like almost iconic the way she yeah. like she reaches out like that. It's just looks almost like Evil Deadish. Help me! Yeah, yeah. It looks like the cover oh. of Evil Dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I think oh. the last kill is the best of the, Very of the other girl. The last kill I think is the best. R- Randy's kill. Oh yeah, another girl. They're all good. Oh, yeah. the, oh you're talking she, about the. She's oh, like a skull. She's like a skeleton. She's covered in. You fucking, know what? That was smart. That was funny. That was something I wrote down because I noticed that she became a skeleton a lot quicker. Yet Rachel and you know Rachel didn't become a skeleton even when she popped back up. You know why? Because it started at her skull. Oh, I didn't care. It looked awesome. No, I'm just saying. There's even a good reason for it. It started at her face. Everyone else was was different. They were stuck under. She was sucked through the board. And it was already on her face. So it disintegrated her fucking skin and muscle and whatever tissue right away. That's a weird. That's a weird scene. When he, I mean, I guess they added it because they wanted to have a little bit of uh, nudity in it. But <laughs> but, it but man, weird. it's just so out of place because he's such a good guy, and then all of a sudden he's just like, I'm gonna get a little rapey right now. Probably <laughs> figures he's about to die. She's a dirty birdie. She probably won't push him away. He's high. I'm going to try it and see what happens. He's a kid, too. When you're a kid, you'll try shit like that. You know, I tried to watch and tried to justify it that he was almost sacrificing her the way he lays her down. Like, he's almost looking for the creature, but he's not. No. What were you going to say, C? You were objecting? I was going to say, no, I was not objecting. I was just going to say that I object. object. (laughs) You're a misogynist, Dave. Why would anyone ever do that? And I don't even know know what I was going to say. When you're fearing for your life, you're not thinking about that at that point. As horny as I am, if I'm if I'm worried about fearing for my life, I in my head thinking about what if I was in that situation, I'd be like, "Hey, you want to fuck? Because we might not live." Yeah. But when I'm in that situation, I don't think that's what's going to be happening. Man, I don't know, Laverne. She was cute. Yeah, she was. And the other girl, you, who did it was bugging me for the first five minutes. You know, did she remind you of anybody else? She looked like almost like a sissy spacek type. I used to think that. This time, I kept thinking of Alice from Nightmare on Elm Street in Part Four before she makes the transformation. Okay, yeah, I could see that too. The way she acted, the way she looked, everything—I was like, "That's fucking Alice." Yeah, it just—it 
That's that's the vibe I got this time. Yeah. And how come he kept calling the other guy Pancho? He isn't oh, Mexican was... at all. It was a reference to the Cisco kid. That was like their little Easter egg in this one because in the first one, in the first story, the the one kid's rich parents, they're watching the Cisco kid on TV. So in the second story, they're calling each other uh, Poncho because that's I guess that's one of the characters' name. I never watched the Cisco kid, but it's a tie into that. Yeah, but the one guy kept calling the other one all these Mexican things. It wasn't the back and forth thing. It was just the fucking the surfer dude saying it yeah. to the other guy. Yeah, he was calling him Poncho. Yeah, he kept saying, oh, mucho ecological, Pancho. He kept saying yeah, all this it, shit. It was just a, a reference to the Cisco kid with the Pancho well, thing. It would have made more sense if he was Mexican. That's all. I just thought. <laughs> yeah. No, you I know? just, because I, I, I read that somewhere. Oh, that's weird. He should have called him loco instead. <laughs> <laughs> loco. I fucking love that. <laughs> should he have called him? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Not again. Uh, here's what I think. They should have swam as soon as the fucking dude gets it. When they knew that the trouble they were in and they saw the fucking dude getting sucked in and his leg breaking, those two motherfuckers on that raft, I would have swam. Like He's not going to get us both at once. That, yeah. that's, where, that's when you would have left. At that point, yeah. the girl got pulled away. You'd been freaked out. I don't know what I just did there. And then when that guy gets pulled down, you'd be like, well, I'm, I'm going for it because this guy's getting chomped. I'm going. Go. 100%. I do like it, though. I, there was a nice touch with it, with his class ring. I always thought that was kind of cool. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. A, that's a cool. But, man, yeah. Randy's so stupid at the end, just sitting on the edge, taunting this thing. Come on. Roll, roll in. Pull, come on. Just get in the kids. car and go. I it's know. But get, I can see it. He just saw his friends just fucking eviscerated by them. It's like, come on. I know. Isn't it weird, though, that they play up to the fact that the car's running all this time? Didn't everybody think when you're watching this that he was going to get into the car and the car wasn't going to start because the battery was going to be dead? And it's like they had an angle and they just completely dropped it. Yeah. I thought weird, at one it? point, I thought I remember the car battery dying over time. Maybe it does. But why? they didn't, make, they didn't really make it like it was a big deal. Yeah. It didn't really impact the plot whatsoever. Just matter of fact, oh, the car died. Okay. You know what I mean? It just didn't really... I don't know. They go all this way to swim in the place, but it's also freezing cold to swim at. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, is, which is sort of the setup for why they don't make a, a jump for it, because the water's so cold they weren't swimming that fast. Yeah. But what, so there's a raft out there, and then the end tagline part is no swimming? Yeah, no swimming. As basic as you can get. Yeah. But why would they have heard of this place to go swimming at then? Yeah. It, it, that's the weird part. Rumor. Rumor. <laughs> it was a passed on. Hey, if you want to take your girl somewhere and get high and, and fuck, go on this raft. And why is there no swimming? Because of the deadly oil slick? That's what I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I don't mind the way it looks. When you first see it, it looks like a garbage bag and everything else. But when they show those close-ups on it. It looked like, like coral. A, a crusty white thing on the Yeah, it, look, it looked like coral on top. Yeah. I it like looked, that part. It, it like it makes it look less cheap. It looks cheap until they show the close-ups, and I'm like, yeah. that's not a garbage bag. That's something yeah. else. Yeah, then she starts petting it. <laughs> petting it? <laughs> she was. She was, like, petting it, like, back and Maybe forth. she was looking for the duck. She wanted to pet the duck, you know? Oh, God, <laughs> idiot. <laughs> yeah, uh, man, th those that. effects, though, were cool. I don't think eviscerated was the right word, but whatever they were, they were, like, melted. Ugh, eaten away. It reminded me of what the like the blob came out the year later. It's yeah, same, exactly. And it was yeah. it's really well done here. All the deaths are chilling. Yeah, uh, and it, it's my favorite segment of this film. 
Yeah, and I think a lot of people's favorite segment to be honest. One hundred percent. I think it's everybody's favorite. This is the crate of fucking of this one. That, well, that's what I think. I can't agree with that because I don't <laughs> you, what, you're disagreeing. You're disagreeing with the uh, oh. the. Uh, well, the I just didn't, I didn't realize the crate was the favorite from part one. I still I didn't realize that. I thought people like Father's Day or something to tide you over. I guarantee it's the crate. We're going to put it up. We will put it up. Pull this. I'm telling you. I'm going to do it now because I, I want to do it. Pull this. Pull this. Pull this. Yeah, I'm going to do it before this airs because I said I, I put my podcasting future on it. So I don't want people to hear it and, and you know, that to influence them in any way, either, either to kill me or to save me. I want it to be as genuine as can be. I'll put it up tomorrow. There you go. What's your favorite one from the, the creep show one? Uh, and the next day I'll do it from two. And I would guarantee, guarantee oh, the, raft it's the crate win. in part one, the raft in part two. Uh, they could all go tuck in. <laughs> tuck, off. tuck in. Tuck off. <laughs> so, yeah, pretty straightforward. The raft, it's great, right? Yeah, the, yeah. the stories in this one are, are, I mean, in all of them, they're straightforward. But in they here, it's like. Are. But yeah, right. it's more obvious here. It's obviously straightforward, and there's not there's not there's not much to write home about with the performances or the production. That's the difference. Yeah. So there you I go. agree, but I, you know what? It didn't it didn't affect my enjoyment. I you know to me a solid story is a solid story, and the first two for me were solid stories. So those are the two that I still highly enjoy. Whereas the last one, the Hitchhiker, just for some reason, maybe because it was so scary as a kid, just didn't hold up this time. Well, let's get on it. What about the hitchhiker? So it didn't hold up for you. I used to have that problem, but I've learned to appreciate it more now because of the deterioration of the hitchhiker as it goes on. You That's know what? I, I appreciate I appreciate the look of his deterioration, but yeah. he's not scary or menacing with his real voice because that actor who plays him, I've seen him in a million things. Yeah, it's Richard Pryor. You know who Richard Pryor is. Of course he's been in a million things. <laughs> He's all serious. I'm not kidding. It's not really Richard Pryor. I know it's not Richard Pryor. I'm looking up the guy's name. No, you know who it is. It's O.J. Simpson. It's, it's Tom Wright, who was actually <laughs> so he, he was in uh, Tales from the Hood. He, he was the politician who was killed. Oh, really? Yeah, from Tales from the Hood. He's been in a million things. He's got 177 credits on IMDb. Wow, but does he charge for orgasms? <laughs> <laughs> Six orgasms, twenty-five dollars a pop. I fucking love uh, her. Mm-hmm. And that's that's hot. right out again, right out of a DC comic. Cheating yep. wife, heading yep. home, kill somebody. It, it looked more like an episode of Red Shoe Diaries though at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. The beginning is right. Yeah, right. <laughs> or it's the very, Hitchhiker. Yeah. Did you ever see the Hitchhiker, the TV show uh, on HBO? No. No. Uh, there used to be a show called The Hitchhiker. I never HBO. watched that. It was always on. In Canada, you flipped the late night TV, the Hitchhiker was on five channels. I'm exaggerating. But it was it seemed like it was <laughs> always on. And I never watched it. It was it was kind of like an Alfred Hitchcock presents. Yeah. But but a little with sober. Adult, with an adult theme though. There was always TNA on there and sex. Nice. So it was kind of interesting. Yeah. But the beginning always kind of scared me a little bit when I was a kid. When you see the hitchhiker on the road, but anyway, the hitchhiker, fuck it. But this is the hitchhiker, so yeah, it fits in. What are the odds? Wow. But uh, I like her because she's a bad girl, and she's all excited about six orgasms. So I, I like her. Like I like her pricing everything out the whole yeah. thing. That'll cost you, Mrs. Lansing, two hundred thirty-seven thousand dollars. <laughs> I mean, if she doesn't talk to herself, we have nothing. 
So it's she true. Says, it's, it's true. I don't want to call it a weakness, but I just want to point out something obvious that if she doesn't sit there and talk to herself the whole time, we we don't have a story. It's her. She's Mrs. Exposition on what's going on in her head. No, and it's good that she hit the hitchhiker right away. So it's so she has this sort of like moral dilemma that she's sort of solving out loud, talking to herself. You know, oh, I could always turn myself in right. uh, if I can't handle it. You know, this and that, and it just you know, she kind of breaks down from there. It's scary. The very first time you see the hitchhiker walking and realize what's going on, imagine being in that position. That is scary. Walking. The first time he's sort of oh. like dragging his leg, walking, yeah. walking up. It's fucking but, scary. But then for like, I don't know how long the segment lasts of, of of the back and forth between her and the hitchhiker. Maybe it's 10 minutes, but like the first seven, eight minutes, it's just a lot of, hey, lady, thanks for the ride. And just it just, if they had just made the voice more scary... Like they did with, you know, Ted Danson and, uh, what's her name? What are yeah. Getting? Yeah, if they, if, if, yeah. 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 If they had just, if like they did at the end of the segment with his voice where it got all distorted and, and gravelly. If they had just had it that way, the whole Hold your breath. Yeah. If, if it had been, you know, thanks for the ride, lady. The you know, end, the whole is, the end. He's like, I'm lady. I'm I guess you can't not have him just sing the same line over again, but maybe he could. there could have been played like six orgasms. <laughs> <laughs> or, or I'm the hitchhiker, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. I'll tell you why he's really scary. Because he's wearing Mrs. Voorhees sweater. <laughs> oh, he is wearing Mrs. Voorhees. And uh, Steve Christie's raincoat. <laughs> Oh, hi. Yeah, it is him. <laughs> wow. Yeah. It's a combination of Steve Christie, Mrs. Voorhees, and O.J. Simpson. O.J. Simpson. <laughs> 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 We're Richard Fryer sprinkled in, right? Thanks for having I still get a kick out of this one. I don't hate it. It just it didn't hold up in, in the fear factor for me because it used to be terrifying to me. And I love the little... Uh, little side story that she's trying to make it home in time because her husband's never late and it turns out he's late because he's the one who stops at the uh at the scene of the accident which is it's 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 funny that's a good little touch and you're right she needs to be talking to herself or we really don't have any other substance to this yeah it's as straightforward as can be yeah but i i I quite like it yeah i like it ends the movie well i like them all i'm just not over the moon over any particular one that that's all what about, like, so what about the cartoon not the jump like I don't uh, know if there's much more to say. What about the cartoon that intercuts in between? It shouldn't be in between. It dragged it down. It should have been at the beginning and at the end and that's it. I don't give a fuck about all this stuff with the with the, the, the plan. I don't like the way the animation looks either. I like what? the animation in the beginning, the opening credits, yeah. the comic. But what the the way they move, they look like wonky and shit. I didn't like the the animation. I, I just and I didn't give a fuck about the Venus flytrap and going to the store and this and that. It would have been fine if it was at the beginning, and the end, like the original. But the, the interplay in between, I just felt that unnecessary. I, I, well, I think that was the whole way of carrying it through. I think obviously that's what they they were going for. I guess because it was only three segments, th- this was like the link in between. I actually didn't have a problem with that. Yeah, I, I didn't mind it either. I just, uh, I, I was a little put off when the bully says, "I want that, his I, ass." <laughs> that's it. <laughs> I want his ass. Yep. I, I was like, "I want his ass." 
like, wow, this movie is real ahead of its time. <laughs> I was more put off by Tom Savini as the creep in makeup. I, th- I just didn't Weird. like it. Yeah. Yeah. It was a really knew. bad effect. You know, at least he didn't yell comic book in anyone's face. <laughs> he might as well have. That would have been funnier. It's a comic book, Billy. You know? First in line, I see. It's a comic book. <laughs> comic book. <laughs> he like spazzes out when he does it. It's so obnoxious. It's like the pancakes of the eighties. Oh, yeah. <laughs> God, awful. What should we do? Should we, should we wrap this sucker I, up? I, I'm good. I don't know if there's anything else for you guys. Yeah, I mean, it's it's a solid sequel. I like it. I thought I thought it was a solid sequel too. I looked at my IMDb. I had rated it a six, but when I actually watched the movie and went through it all, I had rated it a seven out of ten, and I'm sticking with a seven out of ten. So this view was a 7 out of 10. Me too. 7 out of 10. And, and I, I came to that equation because I ranked them. I gave the first one. Uh, uh, no, I, won't, I can't do that. Forget it. Either uh, way. I'm, I added I'm them up. And one was an 8. One was a 7. And one was a 6, which equals 21. 21 divided by 3 is 7. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, de- yeah, definitely 7. The new, new math. <laughs> I'm at an 8 out of 10. That's okay. all right, man. Nice. Yeah. I can, I can see that. Okay. So we're going to rank these suckers from uh, from best to worst or from favorite to least favorite, <laughs> whatever you want to call it. It's all the same. <laughs> or from least favorite to favorite. So for Creep Show, I did uh, my first, my favorite from Creep Show is something to tie you over. Well, That's no, all of them. Oh, all you want? Oh, oh, one, one through eight. Two combined. How do you rank them all, like story-wise? What's your oh. favorite? One through, one through eight. Can you do them in order? I could do them in order. B, I okay. know you could do them. I could do them in order. Something to tie you over. Creep, the the cockroach one. I, I don't know the name of it. Oh, they're creeping up on you. Okay. Creeping up on you. Number three, Father's Day. Then I'd put the raft. Then I would put the crate. Then I would put Thanks for the Ride. Then I'd put Indian Chief. And then I'd put uh, the lonely one with uh, Stephen King. <laughs> the lonely one with I Stephen King. <laughs> that, that, that was actually the name of it. The lonely one with Stephen King. <laughs> <laughs> Only the lonely. Oh man! Wow, I gotta see that again. So you have now oh, whatever. I'm just trying to compare. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm trying to compare the way they're all gonna come out. You know, and, you know where <laughs> we have them. You definitely have Jordy Vero at the very bottom. Wow. I think that's a fair place for it. Yeah. Is that how yours is? All right. My my favorite is something that tied you over. Also, then I would go Father's Day, Old Chief Woodenhead. They're creeping up on you. Uh, the raft, the crate. Thanks for the ride, lady. And Jordy Vero, or Jordy Vero, then thanks for the ride, lady. Wow. Okay. We all have the same favorite one. Definitely something to tide you over. Then the crate. Then Father's Day. Then they're creeping up on you. The raft, Jordy Vero, the hitchhiker, and uh, Sam Whitemoon. Last. That's shocking. I'm shocked. Old Chief Woodenhead has grown to become one of my favorites. I'm shocked to see it last. It, but you know what? I rank it a 6 out of 10. Wow. It's not like, you know? I think it's the best one apart, too. I used to love it. Uh, yeah. The more I see it, the the, the more it goes down. You know, yeah, just the, that's, the beginning. That's fair. Yeah. And I think I uh, if we pull that, the, the listeners are going to agree with me, as usual. Let's do it. We'll put up our list again. I'm getting cocky now because I I think a couple of times it's worked in my favor. Usually (laughs) it never did. Then suddenly with the slasher thing, I I know it was close. 
I'm not saying anything because I know <laughs> I, I see a lot of people poking fun at me. Like, I, I noticed Neil poking fun at me. Only because I egged him on because I want him to make memes for us. So I just threw you to the wolves. Yeah, you I didn't did. throw you to the wolves. I didn't. All oh, that sounds terrible. No, all I said was that Brandon is low hanging fruit. That's what I. Did. <laughs> I wasn't throwing you to the. And I, I don't like Neil. I like I like Neil's memes. He can make a meme out of me anytime. I'm waiting for him to. I want him to. The thing here's what I told him. Basically, all I said is that Brandon strokes out a lot. So that was why you're low hanging fruit because you stroke out a lot. So if that's the biggest insult I have, and it's not an insult. If, if that's the biggest critique I have of you. Big fucking deal. We all stroke out. I just wanted him to do a meme. His, his comeback <laughs> so I, back, though, was the best. He goes, what? making fun of Brandon's like making fun of a Make-A-Wish kid. Yeah. <laughs> he got I, that. Then he made a comment tonight about, uh, I don't know, swapping hosts. I think Dave brought that up, and uh, he said, I'll I'll wind up getting stuck with Brandon. I don't want that or something. He's <laughs> fucking with you. Now you got to fuck back with him. And you oh, no, I know. I know. He's a good guy. I like, I yeah, like you got to fuck back with him, and then he'll make a meme. So I like his memes. I'm just trying to get memes. I do too. So I now, if I have to go do a backdoor method in order to have it done, damn it, I'm going to. Hey, anything through the backdoor. <laughs> That's right. I want his ass. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, let's wrap that up and get on to Hereditary and get the hell out of here. This long ass show. Hope you guys like it. Let's, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do Hereditary it. Hereditary from 2018, written and directed by Ari Aster. After the family matriarch passes away, a grieving family is haunted by tragic and disturbing occurrences and begin to unravel dark secrets. Okay, everybody listening, we're going to just do a yeah, quick non-spoiler. Review, quick non-spoiler review, give our head rating. We're going to break it. We're going to roll the credits, the outro music, and then non-spoilers after the outro music. So you if mean you want to hear Stick around, pardon me, spoilers <laughs> after the outro music where we'll get deeper into it. So we're going to do a quick thing in the beginning, just give, you know, a little bit and a rating. And then if you really want to hear it, if you've seen the movie. I just got to gotta say right off the bat before we get into any plot details that from a technical standpoint, I think everything in this film is near perfect. I couldn't agree more. I, I can't pick apart anything. It is so beautiful to look at. The cinematography is amazing. The music's amazing. The acting's amazing. Everything about this film is, is absolutely amazing. Before you even get into any of the the story and what's going on. Yeah, I'm glad I, I'm glad I was gonna say something very similar to that. So I I concur. I, I agree. I think it's great. I, I don't know if everything is amazing, but I think it's great. That that, that that's that's how I'll I'll start this off. I'll say this. When the movie ended, the first thing I said to my wife was, further proof at how influential The Shining still is. Because once again, I watched this movie, and there was musical cues throughout that were, that were mirrored The Shining. They weren't exactly the same, but the way they played, I kept thinking of The Shining soundtrack. Well, that's funny. I never once thought of The Shining. But once again, I, I haven't watched The Shining as many times as you have. So that's, that's interesting. I, I will say the soundtrack, I think you mentioned the music, Brandon, as well, because the soundtrack yeah. in this yeah. is phenomenal. It, it, it is so haunting. One of our favorite terms on the show, typically when we're describing a film that we love, but this is one of three films of the millennium that I think I'm going to have to keep blowing for years to come. Mm. Wow. I, I admittedly say I'm going to be that guy in that, that um, meme that uh, I don't know if Neil made this one or if it was Jason Lloyd, but where that one boy is talking to the other boy and they say, are you a fan of A24 films? And then the guy's going down on the other guy. 
<laughs> I'm one of those guys because evidently I love a lot of A24 films, and I this one is one of them. I tend to be. The thing is, this was one where I needed. I always need to see it before I can say how great something's going to be. And I love A24 films. That how it works. Most most people do need to see. Well, it no, but the joke is. I'm thinking, yeah. let me rephrase it. There was a different meme that Jason put up about A24 films, and it said something about a, something about A24 films and, and some fan blowing it before he before it sees it. Yeah, you're right. That's true. You're right. But I was not a huge fan of It Comes at Night, but this one, oh, I, I, I this was. one, and I've only watched this once, but I could see myself continuing to enjoy this one more and more because there's there's so much there. I enjoy it. It's not the witch for me. Like every, a lot of people are talking the way I talk about the witch. To yeah. me, it's not that. I still think it's a great film. I am not on that. I thought going into it that this could be my number one for the year coming in because everything I heard, it was A24. And some people that had saw have seen it and said things. I thought maybe I was going to fall into that. And when I watched it the first time, I didn't quite fall there. And on the second view, I'm getting closer but again, I have questions that I have to get into in spoilers yeah. that, that hold me back. So at this point, I'm not as balls deep into it as uh, <laughs> I would have thought. And, and a lot of people that are into these type of films usually are. So I just thought it was it was a great cast. You got Tony Collette and Gabriel Byrne as the parents, Andy and Steve. And then you got Peter and Charlie, the kids. And they do a great performance. And the whole setup is the grandmother, Ellen, passed away. And all these strange things seem to just start happening right from the opening, right from the opening scene at the funeral. Just even just uh, Tony Collette's character's eulogy she delivers is just unsettling, and you just get a real sense of dread from from the opening scene. This is probably one of the most downbeat dark films I've I've seen in a very long time. I agree, and that feeling permeates through the whole film. It's it's with you yeah. the whole time. I totally avoided until we were done talking about this. So tomorrow and for the next couple of days, I will listen to Mr. Watson's Horror Quarters in-depth spoiler review because I've only listened to his non-spoiler review because I didn't want anything to to come in the way of what I was interpreting from the film at this point. And I've yeah. said I've watched it once and I can't wait to go back to see it. What, one times. of the weird one of the weird things for me was for some reason, even though I just saw it for the first time, just the other day, I managed to avoid spoilers. And you know me, I usually spoil movies for myself. So when this story unfolded, I was not only on board, but there were so many shocks for me that I, I literally jaw-dropping moments where I'm like, what? That didn't just happen. Same here. And I, loved I was it. like, <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I, I, I loved it, yeah. but it was, it was shocking and like... I was like, no way. And it was terrifying, too. I had to take a break in this movie. <laughs> I had to take a break, and I, I came down, and I'm like, I'm glad I told, told my wife, I'm sorry, because I said, we're going to watch it together. And she was on board, and I'm like, she goes, you watch it first, and then you tell me if, if I like it. And I did. I watched it, took a break at a certain point, came down, and I said, I'm so glad we didn't watch this together, because I don't think you would have yeah. liked it or been into it. And she's like, I heard you yelling. I was yelling at the TV. <laughs> Hey, yeah. when you were in high school, guys, did you ever go to a party where they were ch where and you asked where are the chopped pecans? No. <laughs> did you ever no. go to a house party and like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna drink some beer, smoke some pot, and oh, where are the chopped pecans? Well, <laughs> and maybe okay, as soon as that part happened, then that's when I'm like, oh shit, 
oh shit but you're just hoping you're, you're just hoping you're like nah it's not gonna it's not gonna go no, like that no way no way, oh, no way. I, i'll say that 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 as soon as i saw them chopping up those nuts and the talk of the cake as soon as that went down I, I felt the same thing. I was like, oh, no. I, I think I even said it in the theater. I was like, oh, no. I, I, I immediately felt for this character. And then when they got in the car, when he goes up there and does this thing with the girl, and actually she, poor, poor bastard, because he thinks he's going to get somewhere with this girl. And they get upstairs, and they go in this room, and there's these two dudes there. And she's like, Peter has weed. Oh, what a come down that is for him. Because he yeah. thinks he's going to go in this room by himself with this girl and smoke a little and see what happens. Instead, she's bringing him to two other guys, and they have a group smoke. I've been in that position before, and it sucks. So anyway, I felt bad for him. But then I'm, I'm thinking of her. and I'm, As soon as they get into the car, that is the most tense scene of the year. And I've seen some tense scenes, most specifically in a quiet place. What's going on in a quiet place compared to what's going on here, when you're talking about body horror type stuff and something happening to you because of an allergy or something like that is much more horrifying than monsters to me. So as I'm watching that scene, I was edge of my seat like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And then what happens at the end? <gasps> and the way it happened, that is fucking brilliant. That is probably my favorite scene of the year and the way it plays out and everything else with the kid and, and, and the steering wheel and everything that's happened. Brilliant. Brilliant stuff. As soon as the movie begins and we get that opening shot into the the miniatures, into the dollhouse, if you will, and the uh, way it plays, all I knew I was going to like the film just because of that beginning and it's going to be artistic. Great. Okay. It's A24. I expect that. But I knew it in, in the soundtrack. The thing is – So uh, many underlying themes. So many underlying uh, themes. So many. That. So many. And I have no problems with the – here's the thing with me. My issue is a particular thing that happens when, when one of the actors is performing multiple times, which kind of – got under my skin a little bit, and a couple of plot conveniences. Those were my things. That's what set it from being, oh, my God, amazing, the witch mm -hmm. to me. It didn't – and everyone else was having that that feeling. So I, I was expecting to have that feeling, and I was like, okay, great fucking movie. I'm not blowing it the way. Apparently, though, you guys are in that, in, in that, that camp. So – we're going to find out more on the other side because I'm going to pose some questions. And maybe you guys can help me and maybe – hopefully not. I don't I don't bring you guys down if I open your eyes to something. But there's just different things here. But it's a great film. It really is. I'm, I, I, you'll never catch me saying a negative word about I cannot wait to buy this on Blu-ray. You know? Yeah, I'm, me too. I, I think on the surface, if you look at this as a straightforward story, the way it's presented, it, it's it's almost fairly simple. But like I said, these underlying themes sprinkled throughout really, really make you question a lot of things and, and really think and, and ask questions. And it really affects you personally, because on the surface, the type of film it is isn't necessarily the type of film I normally like. But the way it's presented, it's just it's I think it's brilliant. It's so funny that even in the spoiler section, you don't even want to talk about the type of film it is. <laughs> I know, because, right? And it's so weird because, and it's because it's a revelation unto itself, and and that's some of the fun to be had with the movie because well, you, you know don't what? realize it really until the hour mark because it's all this tragedy that just is set up. But I think you get a sense setup. of what's. I think you get a sense of where it's going pretty early on. I think you get a sense of of what type of of subgenre we're dealing with within horror here. I, it took I, I, me a little bit. But. I feel like there's enough clues in the first half hour where you're like, okay, I see where this is going. And it goes there. Oh, yeah. Because of but, the, the what do you call it? It's because they're wearing the same necklace. 
And she says something yeah. in the first minute about she had private rituals. Boom. Yeah, you hear rituals, you see you see right. symbolic necklaces, you see, you see yeah, you triangles see on the floor. Yeah. You know, it's like you, it's you, like you, you get hints. You do get hints, but right. it's not right at this point you're still put it's like a, another piece. So, you know, you're you're yeah. building the edge of the puzzle. <laughs> True. Yeah. Now, okay, there's a couple things I saw that I saw in other movies too, which didn't bother me, but I was like, hmm, that stuff with writing. You saw on Tony the wall. Collette in The Sixth Sense. Nope. And she was also in Krampus. You saw her. Oh, yeah. her. It's funny. Yeah, you saw her in other movies. <laughs> yeah, I saw her in other movies. It's a bad got, joke, but I had to keep going with it. I did see her. It's funny because the next day I was like, that's who she is. That's the girl from Krampus. I thought. It took me. I was like, I knew I know her from somewhere. And the next day it, it occurred to me. She was the next a mother day? in Krampus. Oh, my God. She's awesome. Yeah. She's awesome. Well, I know she is awesome. In. Yeah. But I Oscar just nomination saying, I for the girl. Sixth Sense and probably an Oscar nomination for this. Nah, no chance. No, she's got a strong chance, actually. Not for a genre film. I, I, actually, I she's, she's in strong contention right now. Hey, I'm all for it. I just don't believe she, when I see I don't know if she will, but she's like in the top five right now from the sites I that I follow. I mean, well, I'll tell you. There, there are numerous scenes that I, I, I was like, she just went up to the game. That's why I told my wife. My wife loves Tony Collette. So I'm like, from a, being a huge fan of Tony Collette, you go oh, it's yourself to watch this film. I said, yeah. but you won't be able to shake certain images and, and, and scenes from from your mind. Uh, however, her performance is it's phenomenal. Uh, it's like, yeah. and you know, even uh, Gabriel Byrne, great. They're all yeah. Great. Everybody yeah. in this, like you said, I think Brandon or or Dave at the beginning, everybody shines in this. I don't like the way Peter cries. And it, he does it four separate times. I can see doing it once, but he's like, <laughs> you know Nobody, what? I can see I that noticed that. Once I noticed because, it. I yeah, noticed dude, it. I can see it once because of, of, of the severity of the situation. But a, a, a person that age and older doesn't do it. He ended up doing that three or four times. It was a little too much for me. Even when I was watching the film, I, I think I saw my wife like rolling her eyes at it. It was a little bit over. <laughs> That's like a, the way a four-year-old cries. Yeah, it, just, it was it was a little bit over dramatic, but at the same time, given what the what the story was and and what they were doing to Peter, it, it made sense. But at this, but I did notice that. I was thinking to myself, his crying is a little a little too childlike. Yeah, dude, I don't get why you would make that choice. I could see it once because of the situation, but not over and over again. But anyway, that's just one little thing. Now, how about the the things from other movies that I saw? We just saw that in Darling. Remember in Darling when Lauren Ashley Carter goes into that house and she sees Satani written on the wall and she sees something else written on another wall? They did the exact same fucking thing here. And why would why would Tony Collette, the mother, even let, allow that in her house? Why yeah, you... You, you know what? I didn't really need the writing on the wall. You know, Me it's just, I, I didn't I... really need it. I didn't mind it. Why would, why would she it. let what in the house? The writing? Yeah. Like, why would she write? Parent, what yeah. if you put your daughter to bed or your son to bed or whatever? And you go, even if your mother or mother-in-law happened to live in the house with you for a short time, and you say something that says Satoni written on the wall, you'd just be okay with that and not say a fucking word about it? Of course. Maybe she will. thought it said Simone. A... Or, or that I was like a really good guitarist. <laughs> <That's Rihanna. laughs> but I, you're I right. You're right. But I mean, these are. Okay. I never questioned it, and it's not even. It really doesn't take anything away. I, I agree. Was it? Is it? And necessary? we saw it in Darling. They took it right from Darling. The same exact word. I'm sure they've taken it from a lot of other movies, aren't there? Other yeah, a lot where, of movies. I'm sure. Like the Devil's, that, I, I the love the translations uh, of everything. Candy. They they found shit in the house afterwards and stuff like that. But I I don't know. Like. I think that's what builds. You start noticing that these things are becoming a little bit more evident as, 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 as the movie plays on. 
Yeah, it's just what, happening. Why would you allow that to happen? Why would you let anybody write something in your child's bedroom next to their bed and just pass it off? And like I said, we already saw it in a different movie two years ago. I wasn't so crazy about that. I was like, okay, been there, done that. And then later on, the reveal is 100% lifted from fucking Paranormal Activity, the marked ones. Exactly. Seeing the pictures of the fucking person's mother with somebody else in a certain group. We've already seen that. That's what I thought. I'm like, what the Interesting. fuck? Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, we, we just covered that franchise last year when yep. we were in the year of the slasher. We did a franchise movie and <laughs> uh, franchise series. And you're right. Yet I, I still, once again, it's all presentation at certain points too. So that didn't take anything away. You, we've seen a lot of things done before. It's how that shit's presented to you now. That's what it boils down to. So I wasn't like, oh, fuck, we saw this in the Mark ones. I'm like, oh, fuck, that's super cool. Now talking about it, I'm like, yeah, fuck, we saw that in the Mark ones. But it's not taking away my enjoyment factor. Yeah, especially it's since we all like the Mark ones. <laughs> right, no, that's fine. I'm just saying that a movie like this and everything else that's going on with it, I, I don't want to say I expect 100% originality. I just expect to watch it and... Be be blown away at every turn because uh, because of how on board I am with it. I can't explain it. It's not that big of a negative thing. It's just that I saw it. I was like, okay, that happened there. Okay, that happened. There. I, I it, the Mark Twain thing wasn't so bad. Seeing the words written down there, there's no reason for it, and why do it? That's all. My other of, complaints are plot details that we'll get into later. Some of the words okay. I liked written because I liked looking them up and and seeing how they translate. And it was it was creepy and eerie because it's almost like the answers in front of your face the whole time. And I feel like that's how the movie was, where I wasn't overly shocked. Some of the imagery I was shocked by, and some of the things happening when they happened, I was shocked by. But to me, it's almost like a very simplistic story for what it is. It's the underlying themes and the way everything can be interpreted in multiple different ways and, and, and the use of the miniatures and, and the mother being an artist and Charlie being an artist, but a different type of artist and, and all that, just all this analytical stuff you can get into is where the film just really elevates for me. Cause you could just sit here and like Mr. Watson did go scene by scene and break down interpretation of each scene. I want to add another thing. I just want to say how fucking happy I am to be a horror fan right now. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about how this decade as maybe is second to maybe the 80s and, and possibly now even better, de depending on who you are. It's hard because we have the whole nostalgia hold on the 80s, too. So I'm not necessarily ready to, to give it up. But think of what's come out this year alone from like a heavy hitter standpoint that I've now seen. And we still have things to come out. But we've got this movie. We've got a quiet place. We've got. Uh, the ritual we fucking terrifier if if this is too like oh this is too artsy for me fucking terrifier right yeah. check that out then or, or whatever it may be there are films that are coming out that i just i'm just so happy to be a horror fan right now Shh. except for that oh no i was i was just shushing you <laughs> <laughs> should have known better yeah. <laughs> No, but there is, you're right. It's a great time for horror. There's literally something for everyone. Some of the genres are, you know, a little weaker than others, but there's, we've talked about this multiple times, just in the zombie genre alone, I think it's at its best almost. And uh, certainly in terms of art house horror and uh, independent horror, it's just, there's, there's just so much amazing stuff. 
Yeah, I'm with you. I've been saying it all along. We're only eight years in, and we're halfway through this. Well, more than halfway, but still, I've been saying it. We're only eight years in, and I already think it's my second favorite. You know what I mean? So some people don't like modern shit, and I I feel bad for them. But what are you going to do? I'm enjoying it. We're We're in a great time. We're in. We're very fortunate to be able to be doing what we're doing with this podcasting stuff in this era. If we were doing this in the 90s or the early 2000s, it just wouldn't hold the same. It would just be probably more, a lot more negative. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or, or just yeah. a straight nostalgia movie act. You there's, a lot I mean? more, there's a lot more thought-provoking horror these days. Yeah. It's it, it, it's a great time. I, I don't know why that came up during the conversation here, but I think it's because of how much I really appreciate this film. And and yeah, there might be elements of other movies there. I don't I don't consider that a negative. I I think that again, it's how it's presented and the effect that that has on you, the viewer. And this one had moments where I I like I said I had to take a fucking break. That doesn't happen a lot. No, listen, don't take my criticisms as that as just that. I, I, like when I said that about the marked ones and about Darling, I just when they happened, I was like, you know, I, it's hard to explain because I had such high hopes. I wasn't expecting to be reminded of other movies in in such a direct way. Like the Shining thing with the music cues, I take that more as inspiration. But when I see certain things, I'm like, okay, that's cool. I wish. It was something different because I'd already seen that, and because I'm I'm putting this movie on a pedestal already, I would have been I would have felt better if it was handled differently. That's all. It, this is kind of presented though in a way where it's almost like there, there there's hope involved here. You know, you you get a sense that that things might not be as sinister as they are. I mean, because it's almost presented at the I mean at the very beginning, you're getting the sense that it's just going to be a family dealing with grief, and then where it goes is just. Even though they do give you a lot of clues early, it, it didn't necessarily have to go there, but it goes there. And by the third act, it's fully engaged in what it is, and it's it well, can you, be shocking. You get sucker punched throughout the whole thing. Yeah, really, and I respect it for that. Me too. Not many, not many movies have the balls to do that. Balls deep is the theme of the show, and <laughs> not right. many movies have the balls deep. <laughs> I'll joke it aside. They, most movies won't do this. Again, without getting into specifics, but I think at some point here we've got to end it. Like, I, I, I will blow this movie. I truly, truly think it's one of the, one of the best we've seen in a long time. Yeah, it's a great I, film. Yeah. It's it's in my. I'll tell you what. I have three big movies for this year, and this is one of them. I'll say that. So I'm not shitting on the movie at all. I'm just offering up why I had a little bit of doubt. I thought I was going to be a, a tad bit higher, but. Um, I still think it's an excellent film. I really do. And the ending is phenomenal. It's one of those movies where it ends and I just have a big smile on my face. I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) you know, for me, it's a full head explosion. Me too. Me too. All right. Awesome. All right. Let's say goodbye. And then uh, everything on the other side is going to be spoiler heavy. Yeah. If you haven't, if you haven't seen it, don't listen to the spoiler reviews now. Seriously, watch it knowing as little as possible. It's much more effective that way. And, uh, yep. And I'll just say thank you to everyone. Yeah. Thanks everybody. Good night. And stay tuned for the spoiler segment after the, the credits as Dave always says. (laughs) Yeah. The credits after the credits. Well, I know it's great. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. Love you guys. See you next time. Lots of franchise stuff, and hope you enjoy it. So, okay, roll credits.
this. Hereditary. And because I listened to Watson and because of not, he, Ari Aster or whatever, I think that's the writer and director. Yeah. He says, and Watson, you know, he did all this stuff in his review where he put links to it and he kept, um, you know, taking things from inter- uh, interview of Variety. And um, there was a thing on Reddit. It was a, called AMA, Ask Me Anything. And people were asking him questions about it and he was answering. The, uh, I, here's what I take objection to. And this is what was bothering me. He says that Charlie was possessed from the beginning. Yes. Which makes no sense. Because Charlie, supposedly this demon of hell, when when it's all uh, Paul Heyman, I think his name is, is uh, was that his he, first name, Paul? Paul Heyman. <laughs> did you Bye. say Paul? Did you say Paul Heyman? I think yeah. It's, it's Ladies the, and gentlemen, it's pay, it's payment. Payman, Paul Heyman. Okay. <laughs> Paul Heyman. I think that's my Jewish uncle. <laughs> my name is Paul Heyman. No, Paul Heyman's a guy from wrestling. But I kept oh, okay. thinking that since the first time they said Payman, I, I thought of Paul Heyman the whole movie. <laughs> I had to slide that in there. Oh, anyway, okay. the director slash writer says that this is Payman from the beginning, Charlie, yeah. which would make zero sense. That's my problem. Why, Why and how? Okay. The mother, the grandmother. Yeah. If all these steps were required to transfer payment from Charlie to Peter, why would it just magically happen for no reason while while Charlie was inside her mother's womb? Just for no reason. And on top of it, why would a demon of hell have a fucking peanut allergy? Doesn't make any sense. Well, you know what? That's something that I, I still think there was a little bit of Charlie still in there. I, well, I, I, I almost it, disagreed with the director, the way he wrote that it's that it's fully payment, because I still think there's... Go ahead. I disagree with the director. It ruins the film for me in that respect, where if he's trying to sell to me that she's the vessel of payment from the fucking... from birth, number one, how did it happen? Well, number we two, didn't see that. We didn't, we, didn't, we didn't have to see all the steps that go ahead. Just like we didn't see all the steps that go ahead, we were... We were given clues of what was going on, especially when we get a look inside Joan's apartment and we see what she's been working on with Charlie's dolls and stuff, that that, that the cult is at work and they've been at work for a very long time. And the first time they were successful in finding payment, a body, was with Charlie because Ellen never had any connection with Peter because she was estranged from Annie at the time. And that's it. And, and I think that was – and you answered it. She's the vessel. That's it. To bring – payment into the world and then the peanut allergy could be the contingency plan so to speak uh, as it comes into play uh, later on now they can't predict that this guy's going to take his sister to the party and this that never i mean oh, i'm the, different than you see i buy yeah, it di- i buy that too. they can manipulate all that because they put that thing on the pole that sign was on the pole yeah there was a reason and they do put that- the animal there i mean they're they're, they're you're Dude, right so there's a I lot don't of mind that. okay i don't mind that supernatural stuff after the presence here, if the cult's doing all the stuff, I, I I can buy that they have the power to do that, and they can manipulate minds and do and, and set things into motion. Because honestly, now the, the the parallels of the people being in uh, miniatures and that whole thing. Par- that's what I'm saying is what's smart about the film. Yeah, the, the whole the whole idea that um, she's manipulating the people within her miniatures and yet they're part of they're the miniatures in the cult's eyes 
they're being manipulated by Cole. And the whole film is a manipulation. I don't think they're ever in control of it. And that's why everything can make sense to me, how they can, you know, know every little detail because it's all pre-designed. They even talk about that. You can't have it both ways. If it's so fucking easy to put payment into a baby who isn't even born yet, doing no ritual whatsoever. We don't know what the ritual was, though. We don't know what the ritual was. We don't know what they went through, how many people died, and what the sacrifices were like in order for payment to enter Charlie's body. And it's not easy. Evidently, it's not easy. I think there is a lot to be done, and I think those are the steps required, uh, which is what we end up seeing. Yeah, Char- Charlie listen- might have just been an easier mark simply because, you know, in the film she's portrayed as, as you know, a little bit slow. Right. You Something's know, she- up with her. But yeah. then, then why would that be payment? It can't, you can't be both. The guy said it's payment from the beginning. Why would a demon have a peanut? Payment, payment's in there, but it's still Charlie's body, but he's using it as a vessel until they can find a male body, a which male, is what payment preferred. <laughs> yeah, but. A male suitor for she payment. She never cried when she was a baby. They discussed all that. That that would that would make sense. She didn't cry because she she you know. And she said, "Who's gonna take care of me now that my grandmother's gone after she dies?" And by taking care of, I know what she means because she's payment. I can. It's either one or the other. I can't see it that way. That like she the grandmother was not allowed to be around the first child. So the second child, then she came into the house. The child was born, and then she let you know, her have access to the child. But the child's already been born. You can't tell me that this woman, is she, how powerful could she be that she's just going to be there and all of a sudden, so what's she going to do? Touch her fucking mother, her, her daughter's stomach? Okay, you're, you're payment now. Just, <laughs> you know what I mean? It doesn't, they go through all these steps to do this transferring. People have to die. They got to cut off their heads. They got to do this. They got to have a ritual. They gotta, but meanwhile, She's just born into fucking Charlie for no reason. Yeah, at all. but I feel like if they did a if they did a prequel story and showed you how how Charlie became payment, there'd be a two hour movie on, on the rituals that they went through in order to do that. I think we're just supposed to buy it, and and this isn't about Charlie becoming payment, but about payments, payment. Paul Heyman's yeah. Paul Heyman's transfer into Peter. I into, just can't see, into his this final is an form. This is an intelligent movie, though. I, it's one or the other. I can't just pass things off as, oh, well, in a smart movie like this or a movie that comes off intelligent. That's what I'm saying. It's not a slasher where you're just supposed to say, well, how did how did Jason come back? Well, you got to say that. I guess this could have happened. That's what I'm saying. In movies like this that I take seriously, that, that I'm blown away by technically and, and everything else and the mood and everything that's so great about this movie, when I feel slighted by a plot thing, it's hard for me to get over that, because like, if I'm putting something on a pedestal, I don't want to have questions in the plot. Also, the body. How I, could the body be in the house and nobody smells it until fucking one day before? You know how bad that body would smell? And how do they even get it up there? The it's cult. The cult does everything. But I think with, with, with Charlie, maybe it, it's easier when, because there's always a lot of talk about mental illness, and, and you know, there's there's something up with Charlie. We don't know what, what was wrong with her, but she was definitely an easier mark, just like Annie's brother was a potential easy mark because he was he thought you know they thought he was schizophrenic and stuff like that. That's good stuff. And, and they talked about that, and he might he might have been completely sane. Nobody might have been crazy, but they implied <laughs> that that they were. And and Payman uses the the weaker the weaker. These were failed mind. attempts. Those yeah. were failed attempts. They killed right. themselves or whatever. <laughs> so now they've got maybe that's why. Charlie's been the perfect vessel because she she is slow 
and she she's like weak. She's got this like peanut allergy, whatever it may be. It, it, it's almost perfect. I mean, at, the, at that time, they might not know out of the gate. But I'm just saying they realize that this is something that is easy to manipulate because it's in baby form as opposed to trying to to work it into the uh, the older brother and whatnot. Because it sounds like they were trying to do that when they were of older age. Yeah, and they're and they're hiding pay- payment in plain sight. So he's presenting as a as a normal, you know, thirteen year old girl, and he's you know, with 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 the exception of his clucking and you know the the crude dolls that he's making with the cut off birds heads, it's it's pretty much him just kind of hiding in plain sight. That uh, okay, you know what, I can kind of accept that. I can kind of accept. I just if they said that that Charlie is payment from the beginning. It's just, I'm going to have to accept it. It just, it seems to me that a demon wouldn't have peanut allergy. That's all. It just, it just seems like it's one or the other. Like I could see maybe it was born and then they somehow did it. You know what? I I still, I still, I still feel like the peanut allergy is Charlie. So it's using Charlie's body. So Charlie. So it's not really payment. It's It's payment. It's. Payman has been inside Charlie the whole time, but there is a part of Charlie in there, and she has a that. and she has a peanut allergy, and they use that as their next stepping stone to to yeah. finding the permanent home for Payman. I agree. That's I the catalyst. I agree, and I understand. But the director said that Charlie is Payman from the beginning. I think Charlie possesses Payman. Right, I could see Payman being... possesses Charlie from the beginning. You shouldn't have said it that way then, because that that when someone says somebody is something straight up, you've seen plenty of movies. When somebody's possessed by somebody else, they're not them anymore. They're just them. You know what I mean? It's it's one or the other. You're possessed or you're not fucking possessed. Reagan was possessed by fucking Pazuzu. Reagan ceased to fucking exist. You know what I mean? It's that's all I'm saying. And and, and Ronald, many, Ronald Reagan. <laughs> <laughs> him too. Okay, how about this one? And I love this shot. And oh my god, when they showed it. The next day, when you saw fucking um, Charlie's head and the ants crawling on it, and all oh that my god, shit! Ooh. That's Fuck. when it took a oh. break. When Charlie loses her head, I literally just—I wanted to cry. Poor now, Charlie. As great as that is, I wanted Charlie to be in the movie the whole time. <laughs> I loved that shot. I yeah. loved that, but check it out. Later on in the film, they need fucking Charlie's head. For the ritual at the end of the film, you see it and you see the crown on it. Am I correct? Yeah. If they needed that head, why would they have let it sit there for a fucking day for ants to crawl on it? And chance fucking cops or somebody picking it up or, or whatever. Well, eventually it was found, and I'm sure, and it was buried with Charlie, just like you know the grandmother died, and they needed her for it. They were always planning on digging it up. Everything was sort of predestined, and it had to play out a certain way. And I really took no issue with that i think it was just there for the for the shock effect to see the ants on it because he could have gotten satisfied. out of the car no i think you got it i'm satisfied i think okay. you're right I think that, yeah listen that's what i'm saying i ask questions that you can answer them i'll be the first to say okay i was wrong because i think you're right then because if there was a service and we saw the service because she was breaking down they were lowering the thing in yeah there, I, I would assume that they would have buried the head in the casket with the rest of the body yeah. you know Man, what, what a sh- okay what a shocking scene, though. What a horrifying scene. I love the way Peter... I love Peter's acting in that scene. The fact that he never turns around, he drives right home and gets into bed. It's so terrifying. It's so awesome. I've never seen anything like that. Yeah. Even before, oh, when he's sitting in the car. Yeah, and he, he doesn't even look. Yeah. Because I, I, he knows. Holy fuck. Oh, my God. 
I got chills. Okay. I got chills. Right I now. feel a little bit better about that. I wish the director wouldn't have said that Charlie was painful from the beginning because it's it's a little tough for me. Well, to another issue people had complain- people had sorry people had issue with with the light the light that you see without because a lot of people thought the light represents payment. I thought it represented the grandmother. Believe it or not, I thought it was the yeah. grandmother at first speaking to Charlie, because right after she sees it the first time, she sees the grandmother burning in in the in the woods. So I thought yeah, it was the that's true. But, but then later you see the light like enter Peter. You see the Tony Collette sees the light. You know that's just evil. That's just payment, I guess. I, well, I, yeah, but I with that shot of her in the woods. I mean, what does that mean? I don't know. I mean, I know that there we have cleansing or not cleansing by fire, but the fiery climax segment or part of it. Uh, but I, I think it was a message. Where does that get? I don't see the par. I'm not too sure. I I, I see the parallels there, or what, what's the message? Or I think it's just a message. I think it's just a message that everything's on track. Keep proceeding the way you are. Okay. It's almost. It's almost like you know a what? sign. It's I'm, like a sign I'm, a, I'm okay with that. <laughs> that yeah. That makes I sense. I can buy that. Yeah. That's why we do this. That's why I love doing this because when I have questions, I can pose them to you guys. And this is why we do good movies and not shitty movies because it's much more fun to do this than to talk about a shit film. You're right, because we can't debate <laughs> creep show through three and fucking talk we don't about why this guy made this decision. Right. It does this is better. This is getting to the bottom of something. Yeah, we're waxing intellectual right now. Yeah, man. <laughs> it, it's oh. funny, the light I never had an issue with the light. I just thought, yeah. you know I think people look for story, a literal yeah. translation for everything. So when they saw oh well the light is payment. But Charlie's payment. So why is payment seeing the light, which is payment? I'm like, no, the, you know, the light is more of just a representation of, of the evil that's going on. And it's funny that they used a white light. Another thing that you don't see, you right. would think it would be a sinister dark light. Even at the end, when, when Peter jumps out the window and kills himself, you see a black shadow leave and the white light enter him. Yeah, man. Man, it's huh. just, it's, it's a, you know what? I've only seen it once. This is a film that I'm, that definitely needs multiple viewings, but it's, no question. Yeah. That's did you guys think Joan, did you pick up right away? That was one thing I did. When I watched the film and she went to that grief session and she was going to pull out and that woman came up. As soon as that woman came up and stopped her, I told my wife, she's in on the evil, whatever it is. I knew it e-fucking-immediately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, it doesn't usually yeah. happen with me. <laughs> but I was like, oh, wait, she's in on something. There's a reason. Immediately, I, did, I didn't click in. I wanted to know why she was so interested. But like I said, I, I sometimes... This is what I was alluding to again earlier. I just let the movie take me on its journey. And then as as it's unfolding, I'm like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Sometimes I think it's more overt. So I give credit to the director that I feel like they didn't shove it right in my face. Although you're saying you got it right away. I, I just said, okay, who's this? Now, okay, she's experienced some loss too. Because I was more wondering, where are they going with this loss? I wasn't, I knew there was the symbols of the cult and whatever, but I wasn't sure how this all played in yet. So I wasn't thinking she was evil. I wasn't thinking of anything else. I, I did think it was more of a coincidence when she ran into her again at the hardware store or whatever oh, yeah. it was later. Something was up. And then when she brings her through and starts showing her this, I thought, oh, this is great. But again, I didn't think this was a link to evil at this point. I just wanted to know, okay, what is it? Now she's found this quote-unquote happiness. Now she's... Um, Bringing us to Tony Collette's character. Sorry, names are not my forte when we're, when we're going here. I have everything in front of me. And then ultimately, how is she going to use this and how is it going to play out? So 
as it built for me, it was surprise after surprise after surprise. I loved everything about it. Yeah. And I don't have it all figured out, but I don't. That's what I love about these movies is that's what repeated viewings will offer. I forgot what the story was, but the teacher at at the beginning giving the lecture in class was talking about something about very Halloween. I wrote it down. What did they say? What what, Um, what was he talking about? It was something about like uh, like destiny and whether things are predetermined, right? Yeah. Oh man, I'll find it. But it was it was interesting the way that that played out in the story because the story in essence. Is that a horrible, hopeless machine they were talking about? Yeah, not having any, yeah, yeah, and whether it was more tragic because it never had a chance or or less tragic. And and yeah. in here, it's the same thing is it more tragic or less tragic because this family was doomed no matter what? Because Annie saw all the signs, she tried to stop it, she, she came up with these theories about how to stop the evil and, and what to do, but everything always backfired and, and just created more chaos. Because it was all just predetermined. It was always going to play out bad no matter what. And yes. I like the way they played with her her, ment- her mental illness too. Because she was saying some crazy fucked up things. And they were telling stories. And she was telling stories about, you know, when she almost set the kids on fire. So, you know. Yeah. You know even- why that happened, right? See, I look at it as this. Now, the, here again, I take issue with the director. Uh, well, the director uh, said that she was trying to, because they say it in the dream when they had the dream sequence later and she she reveals all that stuff to her son about I never wanted to be your mother yada 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 that uh-huh. whole thing which is great and powerful but she said I, I was trying to save you so in other words she was subconsciously trying to kill her children so this could end in in the hereditary where payment would never come to pass and she put an end to it so it was in her subconscious somehow so that's what she was trying to do yeah I like it better as as pure good doing it like obviously. There's a devil. That means there has to be a God. I, I want to. I, I think it's better to look at it as that's you know that's God intervening. Well, that's in interesting. I, I guess you could look at it like that. Maybe there was some sort of you, divine intervention there. Right? Don't you think that's better than just saying, "Well, it was in her subconscious, so she did it that way." Uh, that's what the director said. See, again, the director's explanation. I'd rather. I, I don't agree with it. I, I like better thinking this way. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I kind of. I kind of like what about when there's a story revelation that we witness, but Andy does not? Yet it's sort of the catalyst, unless I'm mistaken, again, only watch it once, but it's the catalyst for her to go through all the old picture books at home to then give us all the revelations that we we're talking about uh, via the marked ones and, and things like that. Where I'm going with it is where she goes to Joan's place apartment and yeah. is frantically banging on the windows now we're seeing an internal shot of the camera pulling back showing her banging on the windows and it comes into the kitchen and we're getting that beautiful haunting music and it comes yeah. down to show the, the candles right? the, the candles and the little piece that um that charlie, uh, charlie was made and then the picture with the hollowed out eyes of of peter peter, peter. yeah peter sorry I, I finally brought up the names because I, I was going nuts here she doesn't see that shit we no, as the viewers see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and, and again, they could have had the door open and, and, and made it a little bit more forced, I, I, I guess would be a way to put it. They don't. She leaves. But this is what pulls it and brings it to the next act yeah. or the next part, which is where I believe she's going through the attic and getting, or, or that we're not the attic, but all those books of, of the pictures yeah. right yeah. after that. Yeah. 
Yeah, she doesn't realize that all the rituals are in full effect. She still has hope when we're, we as the viewer are seeing that it's in full effect and that it's almost hopeless at this point. And yet we're still watching, hoping for her. But that's a, a puzzle nice piece outcome. for us. That's a puzzle piece yeah. for us. How did she get to that puzzle piece is where I'm going. Like, I know she's already in frantic mode. I know reels have already been put in motion. But now we're seeing, like, she's going to her for some answers and for some help. Joan. Well, she finds the mother's books and stuff. You know, the, the, the spell books, the books on payment and stuff. Male host. She reads that it wants a yeah. male host. And then yeah. she goes to see Joan or is this after she goes to Joan's apartment? I think that's after i think that's when she finds all the books and stuff with the picture books and everything else okay well i, 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 yeah, could, yeah. I could i could be mixing things up because again i only saw it once too but no, i just didn't know how is. she got to that point so why was she suddenly going i gotta look for these books like um, maybe there'll be answers in these books like i don't know for us the viewer we've got this link scene oh, I know why. of shits going I, down no, 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 no. okay I, shoot it I, to I me have the, <laughs> i have the answer because she goes looking for those uh, things that the woman stitched, like she made for Joan, it's like a welcome man thing. Ah. So she goes looking for those, and they are in that box. Okay. So oh, okay. Yeah, there's the right. link. Husband, yeah. Perfect. And then one leads to the other. It's the same box. She opens it up, and and here we so go. There, there's there's subliminal things happening because when she does mention that when she goes to see Joan, because wait a second, my that Joni, oh my mother had my mother used to make those things too. Right. And so maybe knows, maybe oh, Joan. Maybe Joan was like, maybe, a, like, was that a misstep or was that all part of the master plan? Oh. Was that a plot convenience for for her to draw a comparison? Or was that something that was put there as part of the master plan then? I think, I think it was it's put a bit. misstep. Because why no. would they want her to know? Because they wanted her to know because then she tried to solve everything and she only made things worse. Well, eventually, yes. But, I mean, if she never did anything, it still would have happened. Because they were No, but it wouldn't have proceeded the way it did. Like, the way it proceeded so quickly, you know, Stephen getting burned alive, and then she, you know, is possessed and cuts her own head off. You know, it's just, it escalated so quickly so that Peter was so worn down at this point. The, 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 the He's open for possession. That was so great when she was fucking sawing her head. Oh, God. The yeah. emotion God and the noise. It. Going yeah. back and forth. That and before, right before that, when she was banging her head up against the freaking thing yeah. and she's on the other side and Peter's on the other side of that yeah. door. Oh, so cool. Oh, or, oh. or wouldn't she just floats out the fucking back? Oh, <laughs> oh, it's awesome. In the end when they're floating with the fucking headless bodies. Oh my gosh. I still have questions. They're good questions. These questions don't take away from the movie for me because, again, a movie to me is the experience. And when a movie can transcend from just simply a plot to be something that I I can watch over and over and over again, I forgive a lot of this stuff. And then I'll pull it out maybe years later going, holy shit, yeah, I didn't realize that. But I never necessarily hold it against the movie. I'll never say, well, that does, I don't like that now and whatever. I, I've never done that to a film. I've questioned it, you know, like, Watching a movie so many times, at some point you're like, well, this doesn't make sense. But a lot of times people watch a movie once. Right. This is true. You're right. That's true. I'll tell you what. I like the manipulation of payment to Annie because of what happens with her husband. When she throws the thing in the fire and then she doesn't want to do it again because of what happened before. So she's trying to convince him and he's being... You know, he's like, I can't do it anymore. I, I've enabled too much. He finally puts his hand down, or his foot down. Even before that, we see him break down and cry. So this guy is at his breaking point, and he comes to the point, and he's like, I'm not going to do it. You know what I mean? I, I'm enabling this, and I can't do it anymore. So she throws the fucking thing in the fire anyway, and he catches on fire. Holy uh. fuck. They're like, 
fuck you. You think you know the rules? You don't know shit. Boom. Burn this motherfucker Exactly. Oh, yeah, that was man. that was an awesome scene cuz she thinks oh, she's going to sacrifice herself and and break this uh break this curse and she only escalated that. it. Oh man. I love that it's all set in motion. You won't get any complaints out of me about that. They're the pawns, and what's going to happen is just going to happen. Hereditary is the title. This yeah. is hereditary. This was bound to happen because of this girl's, this grandmother's pact. Once again, paranormal activity. A grandmother makes a pact with the, with a cult to fucking bring somebody in. Instead of bringing in Toby, this time it's payment. Instead of fucking doing what they did in the marked ones with knowing the, the person's mother, she knows Joan, and they find it out in the pictures. There's definite parallels to paranormal activity, and it's funny yeah. how many people are going to make that that observation, but us. But it's true. But I did. That's the funny thing. But everything yeah, I didn't you're saying, Everything you're saying is absolutely true. <laughs> isn't that isn't that crazy? And it wasn't. I wasn't critiquing it. I was just a little bit surprised to see it. It was just like, hmm. I expected. See, it's. I can't really put it into words. I wasn't disappointed. I was just hoping for something completely new because of my enjoyment <laughs> of the film. Yeah. You know what I mean? You get I know I'm exactly saying? what you mean. Especially like everything with, I with saw in the I never yeah. saw before. Exactly. Plot wise. You know what I mean? And I was like, wow, awesome. They went this they went here. I didn't see that. Didn't expect that to happen. Where in this, it happened. I was like, okay, maybe I didn't see it coming. I wish it wasn't something I I, I had seen before. That's yeah, all. They, they didn't re, they didn't invent a new a new story here, but the, man, they told it in one of the most amazingly effective ways and haunting, hauntingly beautiful. It's excellent. I want to watch it again now. Just talking about it, and, yeah. and I don't want to wait a couple more days to buy the Blu-ray. I've I've been hemming and hawing about purchasing it on freaking Amazon for fifteen dollars, or just waiting for the Blu-ray. You know what I mean? But I was able to rent it for free actually because I got a free rental when I got my TV. So I was able to run it to watch it this time for the nice. second time. Yeah, and that was cool. But I'm like, oh, I want to watch this thing again, you know? <laughs> but whatever. It's a great fucking movie. I mean, what else it really is. You know? So that whole thing was made up with Joan about the grandmother, about, about her grandson and her son, and talking to him at the chalkboard and all that stuff. That entire thing was a ruse because that's what I'm led to believe now. That it was all a setup. Because remember, they tried to get her to go to the seance in the first place. Remember, they put yeah, the but put the mail, the flyer in the mail. Yeah. So they know where she lives. So I that again, I can live with the fact that 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 they put the body in the attic, and everything else, and they found a way to do it. And I was yeah. nitpicking when I said they probably would have got the small lot sooner if it happened the very next day because the body went missing. But who knows? But who knows? It's yeah. It's a, nit- I, it's a, it's I, a question. I know? see it. I see it as, as a ruse. To, to get her to go home to to perform the ritual to further along the agenda of the cult. I could buy that. How about that but dinner there... scene? How about that dinner scene? Before we go, we got a fucking... Wasn't that an amazing fucking scene? Yeah. The dinner Sorry, refresh my memory. Oh. Why can't I remember it? That whole... Oh, my gosh. That whole thing when she finally fucking... When Annie finally opens her mouth and says... That, oh, and oh yeah, 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 yeah. The big Oscar yeah, nomination she... scene. Sorry, I, I was just taken back for a second. But yeah, she delivers. That's the performance of the movie. Oh, and I thought great. his acting there, Peter's acting there when he cries is great because he's just like, what? it's like he's being attacked. Like it's just, like he asked for it. Yeah, he's, he's, not cry, he's not crying out loud. You just see him tearing up. Yeah. Like, right. It's, no. yeah, it's a powerful scene. That stuff's great. And how about when freaking, um, what's the father's name? When he discovers that she did her thing and she's recreating the accident with the miniatures and he goes in there and his reaction. Oh, oh yeah. Wow. That's when I saw her recreating it. I'm like, oh, this woman is what? 
right? And he's like, do whatever you want. And he goes, I, I, he goes, I know because I already made dinner. He goes, come stay here or do what you want. I don't give a shit. It's so realistic. It's just like a husband who's trying to stand by his wife and be as supportive as he can. And he's doing such a damn good job at it, but he has a couple weak moments and he's only human, but I don't blame him. You know, it, it's, it's heavy family drama stuff and it's so fucking intense and so good. I feel better about, I feel better. My questions about Payman, Paul Heyman and the possession right from the beginning is my only issue. And it's only because I listened to Watson and when he said that the director said that. So it actually, it ended up being, instead of being something great, which he loved, it deterred me from it. I'm like, oh, how does that make sense? But that's my only thing now. Everything else, since we discussed it and, and we discussed all the attributes of it, I can live with it. And I still love the film. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like how Payman... I mean, look, I, this payment Charlie thing is still going to – I've got to see this a few more times to really narrow down in my mind what I think. But there's this scene when she does – when she's possessed by payment Annie, and, and she's, she's screaming out, where's mom? Where's mom? And that's such a powerful scene because she's pretending to be Charlie at that point. You think it's Charlie. So oh, Charlie, yeah. Charlie is payment. Payment is Charlie at this point, and it, it's almost like the Charlie part is crying out for her mother, but she's at the mercy of payment, who has much stronger control of her. Man, I mean, I, this is this is very preliminary thought process stuff for me because I, I I gotta watch this again. But man, there's so much to to chew on and and take in. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. I'm glad that uh, Raphael. So I want to hear what you guys have to say about it. Yeah, me too. Have, me too. Know, we might have waited a little longer to wall. You guys might have waited a little bit longer to watch it. You know. So. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm glad I watched. I mean, I'm definitely buying it now. I mean, there's no question about that. I was just. I've been putting it off. I was actually saving it for closer to the year end because of all the hype it's getting. But I'm. I'm really, actually, very, very glad we did it now. Oh. As am I. Oh, how about Peter in class when he holds up his hand like that? Oh. And, <laughs> and it's just like. There's a picture of payment when he's doing the same thing. It's very reminiscent of The Exorcist, where in The Exorcist, when Reagan is possessed and she's sitting in the chair earlier in the film before she goes fucking full crazy in the bedroom, she's sitting there like this in the chair and interviewing her. She's holding up her one hand the way Pazuzu looks in the statue. Same type of fucking thing. So I thought that was... Uh, two, two scenes, like, it sounds, again, maybe like I'm exaggerating, but I'm not, almost like paralyzed me in fear in a sense. And it was where she walks in and he walks into Peter's room and starts like screaming, like going like, like, like the, the sheer intense, like look of horror. And then it cuts to Peter and he's just engulfed with ants. Oh, damn. oh yeah. That sequence. And, but just her reaction before you even see it, it was like, I, I just remember like backing up in my chair and being like, and then the scene that you're mentioning in, in the classroom where He's like um, that, and then he throws his face into the the desk oof. repeatedly. I was like, just like, oh, it's like I just couldn't move. Like, and, and again, I'm not like making this shit up. I was just like, this is so fucking well done, and that's what I'm saying. This movie had an effect on me, like physical effect on me, and I had to take a break. And I keep saying that over again because Man. I don't do that often in a film. Right? Fuck. Awesome. Awesome <laughs> that, stuff. That is awesome. That is awesome. Man, there's one more funny thing I wanted to mention, and I forgot what the hell it was. Damn it. But it was funny. <laughs> it was something funny that actually happened in the movie. And I'm going to remember right when we finish, and I'm going to be like, oh, damn it. <laughs> yeah, I want to know, because that, that movie definitely needed some humor in it. Cause... 
<laughs> it was a knock knock joke that uh, Payman tells at the end. <laughs> they cut it out. Like that's what, exactly that last shot he was supposed knock, to Knock knock. Who's there? Payman. Yeah. Payman who? Pay me my money, you <laughs> Patreon bitch. <laughs> and that's how we should end the show. <laughs> oh god. That's Boom. One of my worst jokes ever. <laughs> <laughs> on, the, on the spot that was fucking gold man that's <laughs> that was gold right there you go well that's it that's better than anything funny i could say yeah. so <laughs> hope you guys enjoyed our long breakdown and our long <laughs> right <laughs> knock knock who's there <laughs> <laughs> oh shit that's oh, great awesome yeah that was quite a long show so yeah, check, check out the movie. If yeah, you're listening oh, to this and you've already seen it, check it out again because this, I, I mean, I just, I think this is one of those movies that's just going to get better and better with repeat viewings. Excellent. All right, well, let, let's be out. So. Peace out again, motherfucks. See ya.